Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 280. Oh, I was going to say 280. I second guessed myself as to how I was going to phrase that. This is the DC Comics Podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? Hammer Jam. And a recurring guest who's here occasionally. Connor is also here. It is starting to feel that way, I'll be Connor. honest. Connor's <laughs> like the athlete's foot you can't get rid of. He just shows back up. It's really itchy and irritating. And, and you spray it and hope it goes away. Yes. Uh, there, there, there are worse ailments you could have gone with there, I exactly. suppose. That's, I was being generous. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take that, please. Like, there's also, there's also ginger herpes. There's like a vague... That, that, was, that was where I thought you were going to go with it, I'll be honest. There's like a vague implication as well that, that you're implying that Connor's athletic in some way. <laughs> Which, you know. I'm, I can be athletic. You can be athletic. Ish. <laughs> Ish. He did run for a little bit. I used to do a lot of running in school. No, but no, you you and uh, Paige. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're doing it. it. inspired me, and then I realized running sucks, so I stopped and went back to lifting weights. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, this is a DC Comics show. Uh, we get together, we've read a bunch of books, and we talk about them. So I'm going to tell you what's coming up on this week's show, and it is a fairly meaty week uh, at that. We have... Uh, of course, the solicits to get to for February, so we'll be doing that uh, shortly. But we have Nightwing issue 85, which is first on the list. I mean, partly because, you know, Tom Taylor's our patron saint and uh, he deserves that top spot. But mainly because it's uh, it's set before Batman 117, which is next on the list. Uh, Matt read Batman Secret Files The Gardener issue 1. Uh, Superman Son of Kal-El issue 5. Uh, Matt is alone on Green Lantern issue 8. I almost read it and then just didn't want to. <laughs> So, it, it started to the point where I understand it. It this might ultimately read better in trade, but I'll talk about that when we get there. Sure. Uh, we have Robin's issue one, start of a new mini series. We got Supergirl, Wound of Tomorrow issue five. Uh, oh, I never actually asked Matt if he read this. So this will be a nice this moment to catch on on tape. Matt, did you read Justice League this week? I did not. Oh, look at that! Oh, there yeah. you go. That, that's I, ten minutes. I safe. have it, but with everything. Um, more important things. I, I, I saw the solicit of it, which obviously we'll get to in a few minutes, and I was like, God damn it, is Bendis really going to start ruining those characters as well? Oh, I can't, I, I've, not looked, I've not looked at the solicit. I cannot wait to get to that now. Yep. I'm going to be excited so, to read what, what's been ruined for Connor. Um, so, I mean, it's not going to be ruined because I'm not going to read it, but... But you'll know. Uh, you'll feel it in the pit I, of your I'll stomach. I'll know, and it means that no one else is using those characters because Bendis is. <laughs> I don't even know this. Uh, yeah, then we got see. Refrigerator Full of Heads issue 2, Nice House in the Lake issue 6, and Connor's tackling a Patreon book with uh, Harley Quinn issue 8. So uh, that's what's coming up on today's show book-wise. We do have February solicits. But have no fear, because there's always time for the Comixology Top 10. <laughs> do you know what really annoyed me this week? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, that that's every week. So uh, I thought I'd be more specific than that. Sure, sure, sure. What's, what's going the on? Comixology account on Twitter has started tweeting out an official time with their top 10. <laughs> I've not seen this. <laughs> it was like based on, it, it, it just links you to the same page you use the US yeah. version, but like it just links to that page, but it's like, this is this this is this is week's results. So it's more of a thing now. It's like, like they're, it does they're, seem to be. they're playing into it, so it's not going away. I mean, it's going away at the start of next year. Ah, da, 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 da. I actually, I should have looked into this more, but I saw that they've delayed their plans till next year. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot it, of negative it was feedback. Supposed to be this fall, but it's coming to 
So we'll see. Yeah, maybe they'll still re rejig it a little bit, and we'll make it a different version of what they had planned. Uh, but yeah, they they posted their list at for me eleven a.m. on the nineteenth. So that's you know Friday morning. Mm. So that's when it's official. Yes. Well. I can turn back time, but I can tell you what they are right now. So we're at uh, usual Saturday recording time, and it is a DC book at number one. So take a guess if you if you care to. I'll, I'll let Connor have it since he's a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I need to guess. I, I I suspect it might be Batman. How did you know? Uh, Batman uh, issue one one seven is number one. Uh, what pleases me though is that DC actually take the top three spots. Uh, number two is Nightwing, issue 86. Mm-hmm. I am super pleased that's doing well. Uh, and number three, Superman, Son of Kal-El. So two Tom Taylor books are number two and three. I am good. very pleased by that. I think Tom Taylor has another book somewhere in this list as well. If it's, mm-hmm. if, assuming it's similar to the one I saw earlier in the week. Uh, I, I can't think of what... Is it's, a Marvel book. it's a Marvel book. Okay, well, it's that's why I don't know. That's fine then. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, t- after last week's brutal Marvel domination... Of the top 10, it's nice to see a top three be taken by DC this week. Uh, number four is Sword issue 10. Number five is... Oh, this is one of these things Marvel do sometimes with... Uh, like, they've started doing this thing where... It's Amazing Spider-Man issue 78 dot... And then, like, the title of the event that's on. Because it's, like, a tie-in. Uh, so it's, like, an extra issue. But it's, like, 78 point something. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. This is where we've differed from the official US list from yesterday. Because I can, they have a thumbnail on the post. Oh, so you can the, see it. So still. I can see the top five. Oh, you can see the top five. You can see all ten, but you can see the top no, five. No, no, I can see the top five. And five, when they posted this, was X Force. X Force is number six. I shoot twenty-five. So this uh, is either either it's sold better in the UK than the US, or it's gone up more sales overnight. Yes, I don't think we have to point out these differences every week. No, no, no it was just this <laughs> one because this was new. They've started yeah, doing this. Uh, nothing about this. I just went to to see who was writing this and what the dot bay is, and it's for Beyond. Uh, but it, it's story by Patrick Gleason and Zeb Wells uh, and Kelly Thompson. So those are all those are all names I recognize. But as I'm scrolling down to try to figure out what it's about, one of the top comments is not this decimal lettering again. It was bad enough when they did it <laughs> last time. Uh, just an excuse to introduce uh, blah blah blah. Um, and that was back in September. So somebody was very, very irritated when the solicits came out that they were doing this. Um, mm. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the second worst thing they've done. The worst thing they've done is when they did a 16-issue mini for Avengers, but put it in as the legacy numbering so that there was like... Six, yeah. you had to, if you wanted all the numbers, if you were someone who cared about having all the numbers, you had to buy the 16-issue miniseries I, I to fill it in. these decimal point issues also count towards the legacy numbering. Oh, they may. Oh, that, that's oh, nasty. No. That's I'd nasty. be surprised if they uh, didn't. By, by the way, do we know who's writing Sword? No. It I'm is fine. Al Ewing. Okay. So oh, this this pretty, is making pretty, pretty sense good. why why uh, it's near the top uh, every time it comes up. So. Hmm. Um. I will admit Kelly Thompson is one of the names that I miss reading because uh, I've not touched the Marvel book yeah. in ages. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe I, I'll be uh, tempted soon. I've I've picked up her Sabrina the Teenage Witch uh, mm. series, so I've, I'm I'm going to be trying to read that on vacation, see how that goes, because um, she might be showing up on Riverdale next next year. So, uh, is it the one? I time? don't think it's a might. I think it's a she is. 
Is it, yeah, I know. But yeah, but is, it, is it her from Chilling Tales, or is it a new it is. Oh, it's her? Nope, it's her. They brought her in. There's a picture of her with uh, Madeline Pesh. Uh, Cheryl's got a cult now, and Sabrina's coming over. It's like, how can we just write something for me? Like, you know? But yeah. Very stupidly excited over that dumb show. I God, it's... I hate how much I like it. I, I know that feeling. It's terrible. Yeah. Oh, I will not give in. I will not. Don't. Don't. I will not watch it just to find out how crazy it is. Yeah, you're gonna get to the Dungeons and Dragons stuff, and it's gonna make you so mad (laughs) because it's you because you don't like that kind of stuff, and it's so silly. Yeah, Uh, I don't dislike D and D though. No, just but do you want to watch characters playing D and D? Depends how it's shot. The community episode where they played D and D was fantastic. Yeah, but they do have the, yeah, they do have a Breakfast Club episode as well. Yes. Like the, 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 in the middle of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um. And you got you got <laughs> the character. I take you your sword the... and I wipe my ass with it. That's community yeah. for anyone who's not seen it. You, uh, you also got the the kids playing their parents uh, in the yeah. flashbacks. Uh, oh. It's I just it's I, I was watching it going. Pete would hate this. Uh. That it's, that was that was one of those episodes where because it's like in the middle of whatever season, season three or four, yeah. And I'm like, okay, they know what they are, mm-hmm. like they they know what they're doing at this. Like, because season one is just not good. Like, I'd yeah. say you kind of just have to sit through it. Yeah. Season two, they start like they go over the top with the lighting, and they're like, huh, I'll well, be a goofy show. Well, yeah. I I, well, I gave up. A bear. I gave up with the episode like two or three of season two when Archie formed a shirtless squad of footballers to track down black a killer like said what it was the red circle red to fight circle, the black hood yeah yes and i went i think this show's getting weird i might opt out now <laughs> yes oh, you didn't even get to see an rt shirtlessly fights a bear and survives <laughs> <laughs> it's the freaking best and i hate it i don't i don't know uh, if uh this, this all feels like ginger propaganda to me quite frankly i mean between between archie and cheryl maybe I want to see. I, I want to see Carter fight a bear now and see if he survives. I'll do it. <laughs> Carter, what have you had to drink today? Because that's the that's the whiskey talking. <laughs> Literally not a drop. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's just in your blood now. All right, okay. back to the that's top ten. Number <laughs> number seven is Justice League uh, sixty nine. So that's that's slotting in there. Uh, yes. Are you reacting to the number six to nine, Matt? Was that yeah. what that was? Not, not nice enough for him to read it. <laughs> yes. No. No. Uh, yes. I have uh, things. I, yeah. No. Number eight is Dark Ages. That's the Tom Taylor Bukasim. Sounds yep. familiar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's him doing the. It's basically deceased, but for Marvel. But with magic. Yeah. Not. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I love Tom Taylor. I don't think I need to read that. I got the first issue and I did not read it and I didn't even realize three was out. So I'll read it when it goes on Marvel Same. Unlimited because that's how I read all my Marvel stuff now, which is three months behind. So if this is out now, I'll probably read it in the next few weeks. Sure. Uh, uh, Dr. Afra, Star Wars is uh, number nine and then number 10 is Moon Knight issue five. So um, there's your, there's your top 10. Uh, Supergirl just misses it uh, by number 11. So where, where, where's refrigerator full of heads popping up? That's a good question. Uh, nice House in the Lake is just a couple down from Supergirl, so that's nice. Uh, refrigerator Full of Heads is not on the first page, I'm sorry to say. Uh, yeah. Meaning that it's at least after number 24. Yeah. Um, 
Is it on the second page? <laughs> it may not well, be. You would, you would assume the first one must have done well enough that they greenlighted the, the sequel. So... Well, let me put this way. When I'm looking at it on... Because I clicked on this link now that we finished on mm -hmm. the US page to find it. It's on page it's, three. Oh, okay. It's on page two of these, but it's behind Robin and Batman from last week. Yeah. Uh, it's, on, it's on page... And it's quite far down in page three as well. Like, it's... it's it, it's not what selling well. It's not selling. Yeah, it's not selling well. It's unfortunately, but uh, um, have a nice trade life though. Yeah. Hopefully, they don't end up in a cliffhanger because <laughs> I feel like yeah, you're not that's, getting. That's a... why I'm. That's why I'm asking because it seems. Uh, it, it, you know, it seems like this might be it. Let's let's not <laughs> do that thing. To, to be fair though, the the first one all didn't end open ended really. It's just you know like they were they've made a yeah. sequel to it, but it's not like it was left open with you know if that was yeah. all it was. I, I would well, assume they will end it properly still, because it's yeah. just a mini, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, there you go. That is the Comicsology Top 10 for the week, everyone's favourite segment. Uh, but it is that time of the month in which we have solicits uh, for February, in this case, of 2022. And I've not looked at these at all, which is nice, because it's the, the excitement of just discovering what's, what's happened. <laughs> um, I know there was a little bit of news right after we finished recording last week. I'm assuming it's going to pop up on the solicits. If it doesn't, we'll mention it afterwards, but uh, I'm assuming we're going to see it in the solicits. So, yes, uh, Batman 120's first up. Uh, not much to really say. It's got a nice cover. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, confirming stuff here you know, with the, the Batman ink stuff right like there, there was more yeah. about that in the, you know in the week so i assume this was confirming it but yeah uh detective comics 1051 52 because we're doing this weekly event of course uh, with yes. detective comics still it's interesting uh, is batman monthly again i yes. believe so once, okay. once williamson takes it over it's going monthly but <laughs> tech is going you can tell carter's missed the last solicits or yeah or two i um, i have yeah well, but then okay. tech's going weekly for three months. Yeah, uh, I well, remember that. Yeah. It seems Tamaki is telling uh, the rest of their story. Um, so, well, because it's not even uh, Mora. That's what I said there. But, yeah. That's, that's a lot of detective coming up. Yeah. The story sounds really good, though. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of on board. Uh, I will say these all seem to have Behermo variants, which are... Uh, very nice. Very pretty. Uh, hard to be mad at. So, uh, this goes up to 1,054 in these solicits. Uh, I don't know if that's the... It is the last one, okay. Oh, wait, no. No, that's at the end of Act 2, so it's the end of, it's still another month of it, yeah. All right, so there's one more month of it. Okay, that's... Why did they have to phrase it like that? I just I saw a grand finale and went, oh, it's the ending. Oh, no, it's not. It's the end of Act 2. But, yeah. okay. I, well, I mean, if they've actually grouped it into, like, three acts of four issues, that's kind of neat. Yeah. That makes sense for each yeah. month. Yeah. I wonder if the artist is gripped that way as well, because Max Rayner seems to be... He's doing all four issues here. Yeah. Right? So I yeah. wonder if each month's got a, a different artist. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I don't remember Max Rayner being the artist on the first month. Uh, that's kind of neat. Uh, I Am Batman issue six, that's still coming out. Uh, and here's the news that I was referring to. I was going to say, on, on I Am Batman, if you were going to move well, on to the next thing. It was, yes. Notable that uh, he is going to be the Batman of New York City. Oh yeah, I saw this during the week. Yeah, that's that's the thing that they're doing now is uh, we're, we're we're doing just full on. All right, we're doing New York and DC, and we're gonna it's gonna have a Batman. I'm not sure if I like it. I don't. I that's why I love DC is because I don't. 
I like that they have their own cities. And, you know, like, the actual cities, that's a kind of a Marvel thing, right? Like, that's what always differentiated them. Yeah, but the actual so cities they, always have still existed in DC, though. Yeah, but, like, you, I, I like the idea that, like... Like, Metropolis and Gotham are the big cities for the United States in the DC universe. Like, New York's there, but it's just, you know, and Boston and all of those. But, you know... um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Just having a Batman running around New York proper. Yeah. It's going to be weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman's always been tied to Washington, as far as I can remember. Oh, but that made sense because she was a, a diplomat. For I was going to say, that was one that they kind of didn't really have a choice mm-hmm. with having with Washington because of its, you know, political meanings. I mean, you could just have a fake capital <laughs> if, you, if you really wanted to. They could, but there's, it's, you know, it's... if you want to portray stuff like, okay, we have the White House, which is the easiest way to convey mm. a certain message to, you know, a, a, a large I mean, international audience. Yeah. T- to be fair, it is called Washington D.C., so yeah. there's maybe some yeah. <laughs> some ties there to. Well, to well have... known that it, it, Detective Comics isn't the uh, origin of D.C. It's District of Columbia Comics. Nice try, Matt. Uh, so yes, the news that dropped right after me and Matt finished recording last week uh, mm-hmm. is that we're actually getting a new Shazam book, but there's an interesting swerve uh, to what this is. Now, it's a mini-series, it's a four-issue book, uh, with art by Doc Shainer, uh, written by mm-hmm. uh, Josie Campbell, and this is this is Mary Marvel taking the sort of the headlining spot and becoming the new main Shazam, uh, which is kind of neat. Uh, and we've been kind of rooting for this, you know. We were we were really excited by her her inclusion in the deceased mini, uh, with her yep. and that. And it, it it seems like a long time coming because since I would get say New Fifty Two, they haven't really known what to do with Billy. And like, yeah, they did the the Shazam family stuff, but it all just kind of waited in water. So like, shifting Shazam to Mary, I think, is a nice. You know, it's a nice move. She's a character who's felt like she's been been owed a bit more for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and it's nice that she's finally getting at least a little bit of a spotlight. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, yeah. it's a four issue book. It may not set the world on fire. Who knows how but, much of an impact? But you know what is have. good about it having a four issue book? Mm-hmm. It's all going to be Doc Shainer. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is I true. I mean, if it's not, I will be livid, like angry at this because. Surely it has to be. That's that's like the big selling point. For yeah, and and, well. and the cover's really nice as well. The one that's here on the solicit looks really good, as you'd expect. Yes. Well, it's yeah, Shainer in that style. It feels very much. I think, I think Shainer did the Shazam, um, uh, Multiversity, uh, issue two, if I remember right. So, I feel yeah, like so... obviously Shainer's style, I think, fits a certain era of mm-hmm. comics and. The Shazam characters do feel like they belong, maybe tied more to a Silver Age look than a lot of other characters yeah. do. So, yeah, he's a perfect fit, for sure. Uh, so Thunderworld. Yeah. Let me let me double check because I don't want to. Yes, uh, but open. this is uh, going to be her freshman year of college. So it's the idea that she's the oldest kid. She's actually kind of crossing over into a period of like you know early adulthood. So interesting to see how the. Uh, how they tackle that story beats. Yeah. Uh, yep. yep. And I was wrong. Uh, Thunderworld was Cameron Stewart, but kind of similar style to Shainer. You know, the thick Silver Agey look to it. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. but no, this, you know, her and the rabbit again, because the it, the 
solicit teases. The you know, talking rabbits said to her by her strange brother, Billy. I I mean, just from what we saw at the beginning of, of John's Shazam book that didn't last long, I, I do like that this is playing in those bounds of the Marvel family, which has been like yeah, again, like I said, away for a long time. So it's bringing up these things. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm excited because I, I want Mary to get the spotlight, but also just the idea that we're dealing with a character who is, is, you know, the whole concept of Shazam is tied to being kids. The idea that one of them is now growing up and is entering into a point where arguably should they even be changing how they look when they turn into the Shazam version of themselves is, you know, I, I'm curious to see how they tackle all that. I'll be mm-hmm. excited to see it. Uh, next up, we have another new book. Oh, this is very much a follow-up to a couple of minis that are going on right now. We have Aquaman issue one, and it looks like it's an ongoing uh, from a, a glance here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas co-writing with Sam Badgery on art. Um, I feel a little bit bad in this because I like the idea of like this existing, but the books that have been coming out uh, that have been Aquaman related, uh, they weren't bad, but I didn't really feel any desire to read more of them after trying the first issues. So I feel a little if, bit bad that I'm not interested in this. If they weren't out on such a busy week, I would still read them. Like, I'd be reading mm. The Becoming still. But with everything else, I had to make sacrifices, and it sucks, because I like having an awkward book in there. Yeah, cause um, what I said about The Becoming was that it didn't really feel very special. It felt like just an issue from the mm-hmm. middle of, like, you know, a mm-hmm. run. Like, you know, it could have been, like, Dad Abnett's, like, 15th mm-hmm. issue. It kind of had that feeling to it. And right. therefore, it just wasn't special. Uh mm-hmm despite the fact that it was supposed to be this new launching point for, you know. Uh, but it does feel kind of like a midpoint because now it it's almost meant to be the bridge between what we saw from Aquaman and now this Aquaman, you know. So I, I fully get that vibe there, you know, mm-hmm. of you saying like it feels like a middle piece. Uh, but but yeah, if this is out on a, what? Connor's trying to speak and we can't hear him. I didn't, he's, oh. he's, he's got a very serious point to make and Uh-oh. it's all falling miserably. It's a shame. You hear me now? There you go. Yep. Piece of shit, Mike. Uh, I, was, I was just going to say, it's, it's, it's a bit unfortunate in a way that it's spinning out of these two minis because it makes me less interested that they're marketing it that mm-hmm. way because I'm like, yeah, I'm not really reading those so I probably won't end up reading this now because I, I, they didn't really appeal to me that much i don't really like brandon thomas that much from what i've read it's and I'm like, eh, it's a shame yeah. to not read the aquaman book, it's all so. just a little bit middling because you know i had a, you had that very house style aquaman look that a lot of some of the older runs did and after kelly sue's run that tried a very nice art style and had really interesting concept uh, abnet's run got really Especially interesting yeah as it went on some of this just kind of feels like oh we're back to like I don't know, just random early rebirth or mid new fifty two. I feel similar to this in the same way I do about the Flash book right now. In that I don't think it's necessarily a terrible book. I read a few issues. But it's just yeah, you know, it's fine, it's whatever. It's forgettable. It's not gonna have any lasting impact. Mm. And uh and I feel the same way just looking at this and you know, having seen you know those those minis and I'm like yeah, sure, they're yeah. probably fine. But there's so much else to read that I, you know, I do like that it seems free from editorial, and it seems like it's the story that Brandon Thomas wants to tell, right? It's not like the I don't feel like the front office at DC is being like, "Hey, we need more Jackson in here." I feel like that's just a character that Brandon Thomas wants to write, which is fine. I, I, when when you yeah. say it's the story he wants to tell, I'm not sure what the story he wants to tell is, other than 
bringing Jackson up to being on the level of Aquaman, which is fine. Right, right. No problem with that. I just, I'm not sure what the actual story is, you know. To, I, to mean, I, I appreciate that. that, you know, and baby Andy's still there. Like, it's still mm-hmm. continuing with the continuity. It's just everything about it just looks like a typical next book. I mean, you know, there's nothing <laughs> special about it. It's once we got to Water Gods, I was like, this is exactly where Aquaman should be. Like, it's a weird, fun book. And this seems like Pete was saying it's more of that mainstream superhero version of Aquaman that's fine. But I don't find it nearly as compelling as, you know, the mythology Abnett was weaving and then the actual real world mythology Kelly Sue was bringing into it. Um, yeah. It's a lot more generic. Yeah. yeah. It just feels, I mean, ultimately, everything we've said, we've spent like five minutes saying it, but ultimately it just feels a bit generic yeah. looking. And that's that's it. So, uh, Monkey Prince issue one, we knew this was coming. Uh, it was heavily teased, of course, to be back in that special. Yeah. My stupid braid as I was scrolling, I thought it was going to say monkey business. And then when it said monkey prince, I got sad. So <laughs> take take that for where my mental state's been this last week. Uh, can I ask a question? Uh, this fellow on the cover next day, monkey prince, mm-hmm. what, what, what creature is he supposed to be? So do you remember from, did you read this? Do you remember the story? From the special? Yeah. Not really, he, but uh, <laughs> I read okay. it, but I don't he remember was... it. Yeah, he was like his, um, not sidekick, but kind of like an advisor. Um, he's like a long-eared pig. I was going to say, kinda, pig, pig-based, and he's riding a Nimbus cloud from Dragon Ball. Yeah. Well, it was, it's the years that are throwing me. Like, if it wasn't for the years, like, yeah, I'd probably just say pig, humanoid pig. Yeah. But the years uh, are definitely. a bit, the years are a bit, yeah, you know. Me... <laughs> I don't know what you call Let it. me look, because I remember, I remember the character... No, no, it says, yeah. in the, it says in the solicitor, a man with pig features. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, so many names I can name right now to describe. Oh, who's a man with pig features? Uh... Professor Pig? <laughs> that wasn't quite the joke I was going for, but yes, I appreciate oh, it. That was very kind <laughs> yes. in comparison to whatever Pete was thinking, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, Gotta uh... keep it wholesome. Next up, we got Suicide Squad Blaze issue one. I have no idea what this is. Let's have a look. It's a three-issue black label Prestige Plus mini um, with uh, art by Aaron Campbell, written by Simon Spurrier. Uh, So it's got a neat cover. I mean, I'll I'll sell it. And that is Aaron Mm -hmm. Campbell doing that cover, I believe, unless that's the variant, which could be. I'll think think it is. It's got all the labeling on it, and that tends to mean it's the, The the main cover. Yeah, that's what I was assuming as well. But I, I like that. If, if that is the interior artist, I am very down because that looks very. I'll read the uh, for, a, for a book. I'll read the description for this one. Uh, the attacks begin without warning, brutal, sudden, and cannibalistic. A metahuman with the power of Superman, but none of his humanity. An unstoppable being ruled only by hunger and instinct, striking at random across the world. To stop this threat, Harley Quinn, Peacemaker, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark have been assigned to Coral, Nursemaid, and Necessary execute deadly new recruits, the expendable products of secret government procedure called Blaze. They're ordinary prisoners endowed with incredible power and certain knowledge that it'll burn through them like a wildfire. They have six months to live, maximum. If you're starting staring down life in prison, maybe that's a good deal, especially if you're Michael Van Zandt. Desperate to reunite with his mad lover, who forsook you after your Bonnie and Clyde crime spree. Okay. This is getting really in-depth as to, like, the team setup. Uh, yep. 
Men there's, there's, there's a, a lot of paragraph. Well. Yeah, there's a lot of paragraph. I'm, I'm going to stop it there, though. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the, the only other bit from the next paragraph I do think is interesting. The power is transferable. So when someone dies, everyone else gets stronger. Okay. So I'll lead to this, like, oh, you know, maybe like they're, you know, even more intentionally killing each other off or, you know, hey, you, you go try to deal with that situation. You know, it doesn't matter if you die. Yeah, King so... Shark just eats them all and becomes the ultimate. Right. I, I, yeah. The uh, the cannibalistic angle as well. Like, you know, okay. Yeah, that, that sounds, I can see that going to come in, especially with this, King Shark. That just seemed like a word salad as Pete was reading it. You know? It did, but I got quite a lot out of it as well. Yeah. yeah. I would say that, like, I'm intrigued by the art and the idea that they're hunting a monster. I, I, I don't, you know, like, I, I don't think Simon Spurrier's name gets me revved up. I've uh, enjoyed absolutely everything I've read from Simon Spurrier, so for me, it does. Yeah, so I, I'm certainly like the art does make it a bit more appealing. So I mean, I'll probably give it a try uh, ultimately. Uh, so it's three issues, three double sized issues, Prestige Plus, all that kind of thing. Uh, similar to what we've seen with a lot of other Black Label books, uh, many of which we're going through right now. Uh, Weird Love Tales issue one. Uh, is this their Valentine's one shot? It yeah, is. just the the uh, main cover, which is by Paquette. The the one that's first up there's the Amanda Connor variant, which is very funny. It's a take on the dating game. Um, but the the Paquette main cover has Harley romancing a T Rex, and. I'm mad that this is one of those big, you know, 80 pagers that I'm not going to have time for. Because I definitely want to see Harley try to woo a T-Rex. Just, yeah, just uh, out of interest, does anyone know, it says in the, you know, where it tells you like 80 pages, it says perfect bound. So I think that's that thick. Um, is that like what they do for the, magazine. Like, the specials? Like the, yeah. The, yeah, the I, I, I feel like this is just them adding in a thing to describe something they've already been doing with anything that's 100 pages. Yeah. It might well be. I've just never noticed it before, but I'm assuming it's just one of those like pseudo small paperback book, essentially. Yes. I think once you're over a certain page count, you have to do that. Just cause... Yeah, because it doesn't hold up. Yeah. They never used to with these 80 pages. They used to still be. Uh, yeah, paper quality and all that stuff, too. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, the chances of us reading this are pretty slim. Uh, just no, because... but, it, you know. Harley and a dinosaur, though. Like, I, I don't think I've ever read one of the Valentine's ones. I've read like one of the Christmas ones. Like we did that the first year. They did one. Uh, the October one usually looks mildly interesting, but it's always in a busy week. So yep. we, we tend to just do the the actual anniversary specials as opposed to these. You know, just oh, as a holiday. even them not so much anymore when they did them every month. We still did them all. Did we? Yeah, I mean, I miss any. Oh, fair enough. Um. Uh, so that goes into a few trades, uh, which I'll skip over, but, uh, you know, trades for recent things that have been coming out and some uh, original graphic novels. Yeah, the only interesting thing in those trades is they did confirm in the Robin uh, volume one that they're including those backups mm -hmm. from before it. Okay. Okay. It's good to, good to be sure of that. Yeah. Uh, they're actually just calling... Uh... Oh, wait, no, no, I'm reading something. Never mind. I don't know the start of that sentence. It was irrelevant. <laughs> but uh, getting to the rest of the issues, though, we have Action Comics 1040. Um, but that was to say, really. Uh, you know, story continues. Uh, Aquaman The Becoming is issue six, so that's actually coming out the same month as the Aquaman uh, issue one, so it's overlapping a little bit, which is probably smart. Well, I assume this will be a week or two before the Aquaman one. Yes, and... 
It won't be overlapping, will it? Overlapping ended in the same month. I didn't mean it would come out after it. I mean, that's kind of the definition of overlapping. Hey, what's next? <sighs> me muting Connor off this podcast. That's what's next. Uh, there we have Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target Issue 5. So that's uh, getting near its end come February. We have Arkham City, The Order of the World, Issue 5. Uh, that's been a very interesting little book uh, so far. So that's cool. Batgirls issue three. The the main covers on this Batgirls book have been really nice uh, so far. Uh, I've been finding um, the, the variants a bit more hit and miss, but yeah, but who cares? The variants. Yeah, the main covers are nice. Yeah, that really cartoony anime looking one. That can, I kind of really like it. I hate the, it. The, the Valentine's one. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. it was my, my passion, a fiery passion. I love it. Uh, Batman versus Big Bigsby. Bigsby. <laughs> well, I will forget them. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to wow, say. Wow, that was a hell of a uh, issue six. There. Issue six. Uh, Batman the Night issue two. That's uh, the Chip Zarsky book, which means definitely reading that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I didn't realize this was a thing. Maybe I did, but I'd forgotten by the time I scroll, scrolled through these. And, yeah, it's well, a black label. It's a pleasant surprise to see again. Yeah, so it's a prestige uh, sized. Yeah. Book. Or at least it's got a backup. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but it's Chipsarski, anyway, so exciting. Um, Batman Urban Legends issue 12. Uh, that's still trucking on. Uh, no, might have to make time for it. It's got a bear on the cover. It's also got stories by Mark Russell and Ram V in it. So, I mean, and mm-hmm. Ram V is doing a White Witch uh, thing, I believe. So, it'll be kind of, kind of following on from his Catwoman run. Yeah, although Ghostmakers. Spe- speaking of Ram V, I, I spoke to him at Thor Bubble last week. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And I asked him about DC plans because I was like, well, you know, I've got to ask. I don't know how much we actually know. Um, but see, season two of Swamp Thing isn't going to be a full other 10 issues. To, to oh, yeah, we knew that. Yeah, we knew okay. that at six. Yeah. Yeah. He's got two books uh, in the works. One should be announced pretty soon, he said. So I'm assuming it'll be next when the solicits. <laughs> I love how Kara comes and says, I got a scoop from Ravi. No, 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 no. Oh, but, uh, did you know this already? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no. That one was just, I didn't, I couldn't remember if we knew or not. Um, <laughs> two books from DC in the works. One should be announced very soon, he said. So probably next month, because mm-hmm. they're not in these solicits. So <gasps> that leaves that. The other one, he said, uh, is significantly bigger as a project. So I'm assuming he's kind of moving up in the world a bit at DC, um, be taking on some Good. of the higher profile books, which we're all for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm all, all about uh, that. Uh, also, he recognized you, which is probably worth mentioning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't want to brag. Uh, no, but it's fantastic, and it, you know. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not you specifically bragging. Like, if he recognized you, he'd likely recognize either of us, too. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, the yeah. fact that he recognized you, just, is, just, you know. Just in case yeah. anyone thought he recognized Connor from something else, he recognized <laughs> Connor because of this show. <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. It's not like yeah. Connor's got, like, a like a marketing campaign where he's, like, no. advertising, like, bubblegum or something, Man, right? I told no, I him... <laughs> Grand <laughs> V tells him, you know, you got a face like uh, one of those kids on the milk carton. You know? Hey, you guys don't know what I get into in my free time. Maybe I run a very successful marketing company. I mean, I. I well, I, I, why are you still here? Shits and, and why don't you put more? 
Why don't you put more money into the podcast? <laughs> yeah, get him out of light. Look at him. Look at how dull he looks right now. He might need yeah. to be late. Hey, I think I'm it's just dull. because I've got, I'm very bright with the white background from Solicitor <laughs> that makes it look worse. It could be. Uh, I also don't have my window open because, mm. you know, now the, the time shift and it's a lot brighter. Mm. So, all right, let's get through these. I got, I got you know, I got a pack still. I got a pack. Are you going somewhere? I forget. Yeah, all right. uh, yeah I'm going downtown. That's right. Uh, Batman Catwoman issue 10 is coming out. Uh, I've, you know what? Like, I feel like this book has, like, been way longer than 12 months. Like, it, yeah. I feel like it should have... a book that never dies. It should well, have been a few, a few months off, right? I mean, it did, but it's like, like still, I'm still, still... I feel like it should be, like, finishing next month. It just it feels like it's almost <laughs> always ending. You're still three months away from issue 10. Oh, uh, Black Man issue 6, so that's also wrapping up in February. Uh, Blue and Gold issue 7 uh, is coming out. That's the penultimate issue of that. Uh, Catwoman issue 40. Um, obviously, we've not tried the Teeny Howard run yet, but uh, that's coming up very, very soon. So, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel issue 4 is out in February. Yep. Uh, art by Bengal in this one, not Poochie, which is... Yeah, it's a flashback issue, so to speak. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know... In the earlier years, it says so. Yeah, which while while different than than Boudry's art, I'm still a fan of Bengal, so it's fine. Yep, same. And also because it's a actual narrative reason for it, it won't mm-hmm. just feel weird. Right. Sure. Sure. Uh, then we got DC Horror presents Soul Plumber issue five. Uh, we got DC versus Vampires issue five as well. And uh, we got Deathstroke Inc. issue six. Uh, that's a hell of a cover on that one. Uh, yes, that <laughs> is. That is. Inc- King Deathstroke is what we're I, doing, apparently. If I ever had a van, I would paint this on the side of it. That's it. Yeah, for anyone who's not looking at this, just to describe it, it's a long-haired and bearded Deathstroke with a sword who's sitting on a throne of skulls. It's metal as shit. Yeah. Uh, there we got Future State Gotham issue 10, so that's still trucking that's along. Right. Yeah. Uh, Green Lantern issue 11. As, uh, I hope they're fighting a werewolf based off that cover, please. <laughs> it's, it's not a werewolf. I'm just gonna dang. I'm, I'm just gonna guess. Dang. There's definitely no mention of a werewolf in the description. I just I just skimmed it. <laughs> it doesn't mean there's not. <laughs> the big reveal. They're saving it. Hold <laughs> mm, on. Oh, I'll look at the variant. Nah, don't be rough. Oh, no. that's a nice variant though, with uh Kelly and the. Big robot construct. It's quite nice. How do we know she's not fighting a werewolf with a robot construct? You don't. She she could be. Yes, this is true. <laughs> Space werewolf. Yes, Harley uh, Quinn issue twelve is out. Connor can look forward to that. Uh, assuming David keeps making him read it. <laughs> uh, Harley Quinn the animated series the Eat Bang Kill Tour issue six. Yeah, I really wish they'd have an abbreviated name for that thing. Uh, so that's coming out. Human Target issue five. Um, cover. Car, did you read issue one of the Human Target? Not yet. I've I spent the week catching up on all my DC books, with the exception of Strange Adventures issue twelve and Human Target issue one. They're the only two I haven't got to yet because I was really tired and I was like, I want to I want to save them. For yeah, them I was just curious what, what you thought yeah. of it because uh, me and Matt were both into it. But just in case yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to I didn't want to start until I'd finished Strange Adventures, um, and mm. then yeah, then I'd literally caught up on everything. I read I think about four weeks of DC comics that I had to do, uh, so. Read a lot this week. This this uh, small wood cover looks like a pulp book. Mm-hmm. It just 
down to the lettering, and I'm I'm so here for I, that. I vibe. love both covers. Yeah, the variant's yeah. actually really well, nice. Well, the Ben well. Oliver one's very nice too, but yeah. like this one speaks to me on an emotional level for whatever it, reason. Because the other cover is uh, like basically a bunch of like superhero related items like flying at our our main dude. Yeah. Uh, I've forgotten his, his, his name again. Christopher Chance. There you go, It's literally Chance. the first words of the solicit. I yeah, didn't well, look at it yet, all right? What do you want from it? He's human target. It's repeated. That's his Nick Miller style. That he's never learned to read. He just memorized words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Now, human target, legitimately, when I was reading issue one, I was like, wait, I actually don't know what this guy's name is. <laughs> I have no idea what his real name is. <laughs> I like how he's told us in every single solicit as well. Like, just... Just for the, that person that, that is you, that doesn't know, it's like, look, we're going to remind you every time. I'll actually stick. I'm sure by the end of issue 12, I'll, I'll learn his name. But I mean, by the end of issue 12 mm. of Strange Adventures, you were still calling him Doctor Strange at points. So That, that was a slip, though. That wasn't like me not knowing. That was just a slip. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, next up is Naomi, issue 73. I mean, Justice League, issue 73. Uh, that was from Matt. I hope you enjoyed it. It does have Thank a Naomi you. cover. Yeah, it's just Naomi yeah. on a white background, yeah. Uh, That's, yeah. Justice League Incarnate Issue 4 is coming. Uh, very curious to see what this is going to be like. Uh, yeah. The follow-up to... I think it's next week it starts, right? Some of that. Yeah. Uh, you got Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes Issue 2. I know Matt's going to be reading this. Uh, yeah, they're going to make me read it. <laughs> However, the, the variant with Hawk or Hot Girl and Don Star, pretty pretty good cover. It's nice. It's, it's well drawn. Yes, the art's nice. It's, it's Travis Moore, so yeah, it's uh, good. Uh, Nightwing issue eighty nine. Uh, this is the Superman Nightwing team up issue. Apparently, it's got a really nice cover. Yeah, it's. I, I hope it's the first of two part crossover. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and I I hope the covers match because it seems like it does. Oh, it definitely does. Oh. Although. I, honestly, that variant though of Nightwing eating pizza on top of the the Garda, uh -huh. really nice. Yeah, that is good. Really nice. I do yeah. like the one with Batman Superman now, uh, um, and it's just, just John Superman for the the record. On the uh, Superman Son of Kal El issue nine, which will be in March's solicits, which is obviously part two of this. When they did the press release of this, they said it's the same creative team that's doing that. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that means Bruno Redondo on art as well for that issue. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Which is kind of cool. You don't usually see that across across different books that have a two-parter. No. You usually have maybe the same writer, but not usually the same artist. So that'll be kind of cool. Yeah. Well, obviously, this is happening, presumably, because Tom Taylor's already writing both books anyway. So he's he's engineered a little crossover for himself. I would but, assume so, yeah. Uh, but we see, we see that do, uh, done every so often. Uh, next up, Nubia and the Amazons, issue five is coming out. That's the penultimate issue. Then we have One Star Squadron, issue three. I forgot this existed again. <laughs> this is the Me Mark too, Russell book. But every, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, yes, I, I'm really excited for this. Mark book. Russell, great. Steve Lieber, match made in heaven. Yeah, and then we got Pennyworth, issue seven, which I have no interest in, but I will admit that cover's kind of all right. It's had yeah. great covers yeah. throughout. Like, uh, it's had like th those four nose covers. Every single one of them has been great. But yeah, we got Refrigerator Full of Heads, issue four. We got Robin, issue 11. Uh, so That's a fun cover. So yeah, it's a selfie on a on a phone. Yeah, remind you that all these characters aren't dead. <laughs> you know, back to good times before the tournament. We got nice Robin's issue four coming out uh, mm. in February. Uh, Scooby Doo, where are you? One one four. Suicide Squad issue twelve. Suicide Squad King Shark issue six. 
you know, you could really tell that Suicide Squad's become one of those things where there's like, three or four books at a time with Suicide Squad branded on it. It, it must sell, though. Like, there's no... You assume so. Because, obviously, you think, okay, this is because, obviously, they've got the, the Suicide Squad movies, they've got a game coming out. It's, it's in the... It's in the zeitgeist. Joe, but, Joe's funny yeah. though, is I, I was listening to a podcast and it was a gaming podcast so we were talking primarily about the game. It was right after Fandom hit. And the conversation from people who weren't really following comics, right? It, it was just, and this, that's why it was kind of interesting to hear what they were, th- they were saying about it is they, they felt like Suicide Squad is a, is a thing between the, the new movie and the game coming next year. It felt like Warner Brothers are desperate to make it this big thing, but they don't really feel... Like, it's actually a bigger deal compared to, like, you know, the actual main DC things. It's, it's like they're really trying to make Suicide Squad this popular brand that people mm-hmm. really care about. But they didn't really feel like it actually was that. I, th- I think it's very clear they want it to be their equivalent to Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. In terms of the, it's mm-hmm. this kind of quirky, offbeat team, you know, that they, they have a oh. little bit more flexibility and that they can kind of change the lineup and do kind of, you know, well, yeah, if things don't work, they can change it around a lot easier. And, and it's got the Harley factor too right yep. like throw her in there so yeah yeah um, uh so i just i i, I guess funny like, I, I do kind of see them like trying to like make sure it's almost feel like a bigger thing than it actually is uh yeah which is true but even when it comes to the comics specifically because obviously it's a much smaller market than the mm-hmm. games and the movies they must be selling reasonably well otherwise they wouldn't keep making them like this uh, true. I, I do wonder, though, to Matt's point, is that I do wonder how much of that is just because Harley Quinn's on most of them mm-hmm. versus Suicide Squad as a brand itself. I mean, she's, she's not, not on the chat, current but... team. Mm, that's true. Yeah. What's that, Matt? Uh, is she on the current lineup? I don't think she is in the main. I don't think she, I, I, I right think she has any more, no. But... She's in all the minis, though, and like the black light. Yeah, she's in all yeah. these like, offshoots oh, yeah, and yeah. stuff, yeah. Real quick though, there's a King Shark variant that I think is from Sealy, and it might be my favorite thing I've seen in a very long time. It's it's done in the style of awkward family portraits. Oh, right. that's amazing! <laughs> that's it, yeah. uh, he's in an ugly sweater. He's with the you know whoever his love interest is, and it's just yeah. This is it's, it's, it's the shark amazing. with the the, the the you know the resting the the head on the uh-huh. the, the fist. The, the thinking pose. Yeah. And I'm definitely his expression is the the King Shark from the Harley cartoon. Yeah, um, so still the best uh, King Shark. Yes, that's it. Uh, Supergirl: Woman of Tomorrow issue eight. So that series wraps up in February. Yeah. Very cool. Kara's seen some shit. Looks like she's been through hell. Oof. No, 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 no yeah. denying that. Uh, then Superman: Son of Kal El issue eight. And oh, look at that. We got uh, we got an Aquaman uh, appearance appearance here. Yeah, uh, very cool. So, then we got Swamp Thing Green Hell issue to us is the Jeff Lemire, uh, Doug Mankey, Black Label Man Prestige Constantly. book. Yes. Um, I mean, it's Lemire, you know, Swamp Thing, so I'm, I'm reading that. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, just, you know, it's happening. Oh, no. Wow, what we got? What's up, I Matt? just got to the next book and, like, this would, Yeah. <laughs> Task Force Z issue five. Man. Yep. <laughs> we got some Two Face action going on in this one, apparently. Um, yeah. Oh, that, oh, that variant, no, Matt. Oh. Let me see. Yeah, look at oh. That. So I. Uh, oh. Good lord. That's a Matina. If I ever saw. Yeah, one. that is. Yeah, a, that is, uh, is that Bloom? I, I, is that Bloom? Mr. Bloom. That yeah. is the full force of uh, Mr. Bloom. That's one of those where I, you don't even have to check who's who's there. You yeah. see, they go, oh, that's a Martina. Yeah, it's just... See? 
Rosenberg throwing uh, Two-Face in on here on the zombie team. The book that I didn't even want to read and it ended up being vaguely good. You well, know. This, is, this was I sent to Pete the other day. And I did post on Twitter for anyone who just put me there. But, yeah. but for the rest of the listeners, uh, you know, I've been catching up on my books. This was the biggest surprise for me. Out of everything I read from the last you know, month or so mm. of comics. Because I, I hated it. I couldn't finish it. I literally couldn't finish the issue. I, I thought it was horrible. Uh, mm. So just so overwritten. I, I got about halfway through. And I was like, I'm putting this down. I'm not, yeah. not getting more. But and I'm fair. surprised because I thought it would. I thought I would enjoy it. Matt, last night you said that Scott Pilgrim is better than Back to the Future. So don't listen to him. It is. What's not? I want to choke you right now, and I like Scott Pilgrim. Don't get me wrong. It's my favorite. My favorite Edgar Wright movie. But how dare you, sir? It's so much better. It's not. Hipster trash. Uh, Teen Titans. Is that hipster trash? Was that better than Back to the Future? <laughs> Teen oh, Titans Academy issue 12 is out in February. <laughs> uh, then we got the Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries issue 11. The Flash 779. Uh, oh, snap. Wally's whole family in, in the, the business here, which is always nice to see. Uh, the Joker issue 12 is out in February. So that's cool. Uh, that's, I mean, 14 is the last one, or at least it's the last yeah. one in Tynan's story. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. So that's getting near the end of that story. Joker presents a puzzle box issue seven is out in February. Titans United issue six is out uh, with uh, Starfire and a... not Starfire, <laughs> Blackfire. Blackfire? Blackfire, yeah, probably. Sister, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so very neat. Uh, Wonder Woman seven eight four uh, is out. Oh, all the covers. God damn it! Oh my God, there's Sir Justin. Yep. Um, I just got to that part on the Stargirl show, and I had to text Pete. Oh, yeah, And he yeah, wouldn't yeah. tell me. <laughs> and I was like, he has a sword in his closet. How's it not suggested? And he wouldn't tell me anything. <laughs> uh, Have you not read the uh, the, 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 the the comic? Uh, Sound Stripe? No, I'm, I'm working through it right now. Any Anytime I have a free time. Okay. I'm not bogged down by current comics. Yeah, I, I got to say, it's the, the variant cover for Wonder Woman is the one I like more, I think. I, I really I mean, I love Dodson like covers both. as a rule. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of both those covers. Uh, but the, uh, the variant looks very much like Gal Gadot, which I appreciate. Mm. Uh, sure. I, I just kind of like the uh, the line work and the... Mm-hmm. the... It's just nice. I don't know. The, the, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, Wonder Woman Evolution issue 4 is out in February. That's issue four of eight. Then we got World of Krypton issue three in February. This is Vendetti who's writing this this book. I forgot this existed as well, to be honest. Uh, this happens all the time with these minis. I always forget the existence until they actually start coming out, and I've re- at least read one issue too. I forgot until this week where it was being advertised in the back of the yeah. summer mm-hmm. comics. Like, oh, December. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that's starting soon. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's, that's basically like the, the, you're onto the, the, the other collections that are coming. So. Absolute multiversity, though. Absolute Gotham Central as well. Oh, it's it's, oh. A, it's an Omni it's reprinting the Omnibus. Oh, that's yeah. what I meant, Omni, not not Absolute. I'm sorry. I oh, that excited. would be a monster of a book, an Absolute yes, size. Yes. Uh, and also, just um, worth mentioning, the uh, Hellblazer Volume Twenty Six is actually the the final volume of all the original Hellblazer stuff. They they got hmm. all the way through it. This this is you can get all twenty six volumes and you got the complete. You know, Hellblazer 1 to 300. I'm assuming minis, volumes 1 through 25 are all in print. <laughs> they are as of right now. Oh, there you go. Okay. Because they're just they're just regular paperbacks. Mm. So they're, they keep them in print pretty easily. 
So, yeah. Very neat. Uh, Legion of Superheroes, five years later, Omnibus, Volume 2. If you, if you want to get uh, more of that. I don't know if it's the rest of I don't know how long that, that, that era is, but it's another 1,300-page book, so. Yeah. Uh, Denny O'Neill question, Omni, Volume 1. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, so, yeah, well, some interesting stuff there to collect and reprint. Um, yeah. But there you go, that's the February solicits. Uh, I want to say, like, uh, it's not like a super exciting solicits, and that you've got a couple of interesting minis that have been added to the the roster, but n- no big heavy, like, oh, some big giant new ongoings that are shaking up what DC's doing. It kind of feels like the quiet for a few months before whatever event they're going to have next year mm-hmm. is going to kick in properly. Because uh, I expect there'll be something in the summer. With well, yeah, with the amount that Williamson's writing, I have a feeling he's going to be taking the lead on something between Deathstroke Inc., Justice League Incarnate, and his Batman. I feel like there's something percolating. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. And you know, you don't want any fishing or percolating. Huh? <laughs> it was a weird reference to Twin Peaks that some people may have gotcha. enjoyed. <laughs> There's a fish in the percolator. Sure. <laughs> I think like Connor's no selling it as well. So just, he loves it. He loves it. He got it. That's, that's such an obtuse Twin Peaks reference as well. Like of all the things you could have gone with. She's dead, I... wrapped in plastic. <laughs> the one Tommy Wiseau's on Twin Peaks <laughs> would not have fell out of place, weirdly. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's where he's from. It could be. It could be. Um, <laughs> his secret origin uh, story. The, the, my extent of Twin Peaks knowledge is when I got really into coffee last year and I was looking at the local stores here, um, Whole Foods has a a twin peaks label coffee that is the least surprising thing i've ever heard yeah, yeah. and it's called damn good coffee um naturally yeah so yeah, yeah. it's uh that's where it is well, well that in, in the guy that talks backwards in dreams uh that's creeps me out and i don't, I was, I don't like it I was, in, I was in a shop last week and so i was there they're bringing out like the christmas box sets mm-hmm. like you know like you know like whiskeys and you know little little bits and things that they they, they do a little gift sets that you, you're supposed he, to get notice he led with whiskey yeah. no no there's a reason because that's relevant uh-huh. so there was one that was this uh, it's a peaky blinders like a little oh. whiskey set and 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 page was oh peaky blinders you know you can get that i was like i've never even seen peaky blinders he goes yeah you have i went no i haven't <laughs> it's like literally the only thing I've seen is the is the the meme, you know, that one scene, that uh, ev- everyone's seen. But it's just like, she goes, yeah, yeah. I she goes, well, what's that show then? I'm like, you you've got to give me more than that. Goes, that old show with the detective. I'm like, what? <laughs> the detective. He drinks coffee. Like, oh. Oh. Well, she, she she so she was confusing Peaky with Peaks. That, yeah, that's where true. this came yeah, from. Yes, that was where the link was. <laughs> like. Oh. Like, what? Yeah, it's why you mentioned Time Away Zo, because uh, if you've not been watching Chucky, <laughs> I would recommend Chucky if you're a fan of the movies. Uh, this, is, this is a weird tangent now. Well, no, this is funny, because so Fiona Durf, uh, Brad Durf's star, oh. who was a oh. character in the last two movies, now, she... Mailed spoilers for the last movie, but I mean, at this point, it's in the show, so it's kind of like, you know, just concurrent. Um, she got possessed by Chucky. 
And we got this wonderful performance of her doing her father's, an impression of her father, and she's really good at it. And when they went to do some flashbacks to the 80s, when he was still a human uh, in the show, they had her play her father, and, like, it's actually quite good in the sense that I, I couldn't tell that it wasn't a guy. Like, it was actually, she blended in. Wow. It, was, it was, like, the voice is distracting because they dub in, like, Brad Dourif's, like, Chucky voice <laughs> to, like, uh-huh. properly make it work. Uh, but the reason why I'm tying it all to this is because he's got long, dark hair, he's wearing sunglasses, he looks like Tommy Wiseau. And it just made me want Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> and the show. The show's pretty good, though, to be fair. Okay. Uh, and just to wrap this up. I did not know that Chucky oh. could possess humans, not dolls. So that's a, that's a swerve. Well, that's what he was always trying to do. And he just, like, he had to yeah. go to the doll because he was dying. Like, I haven't seen them in years, so mm. I'd have to go back and, <clears throat> you know. I did watch the, the Mark Hamill remake that was not very good. So that wasn't that bad, but yeah, it was, it was no, but sorry. it's not, it's, it didn't stick with me. Like it's sort of like, I asked my, I asked Ash, I go, did we watch that one? I think we did. Uh, so I'd, I'd recommend the original cool. series of movies. And then, yeah. Uh, if you're into them enough, uh, check out a TV show. Uh, but I also, I saw someone randomly on a message board this week. Presumably they just watched the room. Just asked the question. <laughs> they asked the question, well, did Tommy Wiseau hit her? And the first response is, he did not. <laughs> I think that's the only response, surely. Uh, one of one of the best things that come out of uh, uh, what, what was the movie about the making of the movie? Uh, disaster artist. Disaster artist was the the Borat level of Tommy Wiseau accents for a minute there. Oh yeah, oh, it was uh, everywhere, wasn't it? Or, mm. or maybe it was just me. And, you know. <laughs> How old are you? I'm Greg's age. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Tommy, he's wherever he's from. He's their national treasure. You know, <laughs> he could be from Louisiana. I don't right. know. No one knows. No one can claim yeah. him. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, that movie's not that great, and for the most part, you don't really need to see it. But there's a couple of good little tidbits mm. that I hope are true. Like, for example, when he comes out of the the, the set, they're saying, "I did not hit her. I did not." Yep. He had to ask for what his line was, like, you know, 50 times before he'd finally get it. But the great thing is, is that, like, after, like, a sequence of seeing him ask it, like, a bunch yeah. of times and getting uh-huh. it wrong, he comes out, he, he opens it and goes, I hit her! <laughs> <laughs> Which That's is the... I was like, could be, like, in any other movie, I'd say he's a comedic flourish. Yes. But when it's Tommy Wiseau, I don't know. It could be true. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It, it might be completely accurate. The fact, the fact that Tim met him at a comic con and he was selling Tommy Wiseau underwear <laughs> is like Tommy Wiseau. Uh, uh, oh dear! Oh dear! Uh, if you're all interested, we don't do commentaries anymore. But me and Tim did do a commentary track for the room uh, on our Patreon. At the five dollar tier, if you want to go and hunt that down, if you're a patron, uh, enjoy. That is fantastic. There was uh, when the disaster artist came out. There was a a YouTube version with Spanish subtitles. Which, if you've not seen the room with Spanish subtitles, it's a linguistic a linguistic experience. Linguistic. <laughs> yeah. Give me a second. <laughs> linguistic experience. I feel like you're two steps away from saying lasagna instead. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's also a sausage that's called linguica, and that's where my brain went because uh-huh. it's stupid. So, yeah. It's Portuguese sausage. It's very delicious. Sounds uh, good. Yeah. I think for one random episode, we should all uh, conspire to just show up wearing tuxedos for no reason. Like, not a special episode, just a random episode. Like, throw a football around, Pete? It's, it's episode 319. Why is everyone in a tux? And why occasionally there's a football like, just being thrown if, in and out of frame? <laughs> if I had explained to Ashley that I have to run a tux to record <laughs> for our show... Thing. Uh, I don't think she'd be happy, but um, <laughs> I'd have to film her, and it would be worth it, though. So. Yes. All right, let's talk about comics, because there's a lot. Let's talk about comics, indeed, yes. Uh, so, Nightwing, issue 85, Tom Taylor writing with Robbie Rodriguez on the art. Um, so, we're, we're talking about this first, because obviously it comes first in the story, uh, mm-hmm. as far as it's related to Batman. I, I did read Batman first. Initially, I regret it, it, it though. Once, if, so if if you haven't read these yet, read Nightwing first if you can. Yeah, yeah. Nightwing goes first. I I read the Gardener and then Batman, the Nightwing, which probably should have done the alternate order. But <laughs> hey, ah, it is what it is. Obviously, the end of the last issue was the the clock tower exploding, up. Mm-hmm. and Nightwing and Babs and Tim are absolutely horrified. They think the Batgirls are dead. Um, so they're so relieved when they hear them over the over the walkie talkies uh, that you know they they hug them <laughs> intently when they see them. Yep, they're like, no, we're out. just chilling. Um, yep. So it's like okay, and this is the thing. So having read Batman, you know, we won't talk about it yet, but they show up like this team of characters shows up, and Batman is if they've just pulled off a plan, and I'm like, oh, I feel like we're going to find out about that. <laughs> I, I, you know what? We often complain about there being too many editors' notes. Mm-hmm. I wish there'd been an editor's note at the start of Batman saying, yeah. hey, maybe go read Nightwing first. This takes place after the events of Nightwing, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, just throw that on the first page, and I could have stopped and gone and read Nightwing. Uh, yeah. I would, I would have uh, appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, okay, what do we do then? Right, so the, the Magistrate's base, this floating uh, base they've got in the sky, we have to get up there, do, do we hijack some drones, do we fly up in some ships, they'll, they'll shoot us out of the sky, Um. And it's like Nightwing gets the idea of like, hey, they've got like jetpacks in their suits, so we can just steal because that's the thing. In the Batman issue, you see them wearing parts of these suits, so there's mm. clearly a story to it. There's like, wait, yeah, <laughs> they've got all these suits on. So yeah, so so they uh, mug some magistrate soldiers, uh-huh. uh, crack some jokes about that. Um, uh, Steph saying that we need to incorporate jetpacks into our suits more was such a Tom Taylor moment. That yeah, was that like, was a fun line. Honestly, yeah. my, probably one of my favorite moments of like art and the whole issue because there are there are occasional moments like like the art in the last two issues where the faces can be a bit weird or whatever. Yeah. But the panel when they're tricked into the alleyway and it's the panel of uh, Babs and Dick are on like the fire escape, but then you've got Cass all in shadows, Batman style on the wall behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that panel. I really like that panel. I really dislike the bottom panel of that page because I don't think it was very clear that. I mean, you can see the hair, but you know, it only is very clear that that's Babs's outfit. It, you know, on the mm. left, um, with the way the colors are done, it just looks like it's almost like cast there twice. Because yeah. there's, no, you know, the the face is completely, you know, in, in shadow, and there's no purple showing out. It, I, I believe the inside of Babs's cape is supposed to be yellow. The, it, that panel there, it just none of that came through, and I'm like, I feel like the artist drew cast twice, and then was like, ah, quick, throw on some red hair to fix it. That's fair. Mm. Uh, top half of the page is really good, though. 
It, no, it is. Really good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and the other reason why it's probably wise to read this first is that this book actually ends with a sort of reveal of what Seer actually looks like. Uh, and it's yeah. kind of also thrown in Batman as if you're already supposed to know that this is what they look like. So that, that's kind of the other real reason I think you should definitely try and read Nightwing first if you hadn't. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it doesn't match up perfectly with their appearance in Batman, it must be said. Like, because in, in Batman, they kind of are all together, whereas in this book, it kind of feels like they split up before their plan goes into motion on the ship. Uh, you know, because... Steph, Cass, and, and Tim go off to save all these kids. Like those kids of the, the rich families that have paid for protection. Real quick, is yes. the girl that says, do you know Superman? Is that meant to be Seer? Oh, fun. Let me find the page. Yeah, I'm like, where is that? That's on where it's um, the sirens going off. And oh, it, the, I, th I think it split. is. I think it is. I uh, didn't pick that up until I was just skimming through right now. Because of the green glasses. Yeah. No, I think so it is. I actually yeah. like that even more now that she slipped away under their nose. Um, oh, yeah. Because that's, that's before the reveal of who Seer is, yeah? right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you see her properly at the end, you know, all yeah. evil grinning and and whatnot. Um, uh, I also, very clever. I, I dug the, uh, there's a moment where they sort of intimidate, like, some of them say, hey, we don't want you to do violence in front of kids, and it's like, just, yeah. Cass just cracks her knuckles behind Nightwing. As, as yeah. like Nightwing's like you know doing the, the trash talk effectively, yeah, that's uh, great. I dug that a lot. I, I, I think like there's a few writers and artists who are really good at getting casts, and I think this book she, has done a good job with it. Because because she communicates through motion, right? And so you kind of want an artist that can do that, and just the whole knuckle crack. Is uh, it, is even it, though it. And also just the, the, the short responses, because early on when uh, yeah. Tim says something to the effect of, did we just like lure a bunch of people into an alleyway and mug them? And uh -huh. Cash just matter-of-fact goes, yes. <laughs> like, without hesitation. Also, but yeah, but with the knuckle crack scene, I mean, it's the same pose, but just with the way that it works with the sound effect and even just the, the subtle motion um, from Dick, that it, it just really works with her because I'm so used to her speaking through her body language, and then just the don't fight, just run. That, yeah. That's menacing. There, there's only a few characters in DC that tells you that, that can send a chill down you, and she's one of them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the one inconsistency with uh, Batman is that, you know, it's just Babs and Dick that kind of confront Simon Saint, mm -hmm. and they've already got the armor off. Uh, so yeah. there is a slight inconsistency there. It's not a big one. It's kind of like, it almost feels like in Batman, it's sort of trying to get across the, like, okay, this is how they get up to the station and mm -hmm. we're, we're establishing the fact that all of these characters are here. But when you actually read what happened in Nightwing and it's in more detail, now they've actually split up a bit before that and it's a bit more mm -hmm. intricate. It's kind of just done with a little bit of uh, editorial oversight is what we're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're looking for Seer because they know she's up here, but uh, and even Simon has no idea what they're really talking about. and. Yeah. He tries to be a little dick about it, but uh, they knock him out. Yeah. Did, did, did you crash. get Robocop vibes from from him here? Oh, you mean like the, just, like the head of OCP? Like, yeah. Yeah, I see what just you're saying. Just being a sniveling little rat that can't even actually fire a gun properly without getting his ass kicked. Like, um, thoroughly enjoyed that that vibe for Saint here because up to this point, like up until everything started going bad, he seemed like this cool, collected type. Oh, I guess yeah. that was just a show. And so it's fun to see him unravel. Yeah, between this and, and Batman, because uh, Batman opens <clears throat> literally with him freaking out and be like, we have to like, arrest someone quickly to make it yeah. look strong again. Come on. 
yeah. so yeah, it's, it's definitely it was definitely a week of Simon Saint looking looking like the sleazy mm-hmm. little dick that he is. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, pointy Bab's face again, much like the end of last issue. Uh, yeah. Happens here. Just but just before Nightwing presses the button, you get that weird side on shot, and her face looks really pointy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, not not a huge deal, but hey, it's what it is. Um, uh, of course, I can't gloss over some of the uh the follow up to the kiss earlier on. Uh, like I think it's Tim's being weird and saying like, "Oh, do you two want to like do this part of the plan alone?" So like, why would I do that one? Well, because they kissed. Like, oh, finally! And Steph's like all excited, you know. Um, yeah. Even Cass has a little like dig about it. Yeah. It's kind of sweet. It follows up as well in the uh, the Batgirl's backup and the Batman book, yeah. which we'll we'll get to. But uh, I liked again so that editorial. Everything feels like it's it's you know it's together. Mm-hmm. It all feels tight and connected. Um. So that's neat. Yeah, uh, it just ends with like who Seer really is, and it's yeah, it's the girl yeah. with the green glasses. Uh, to be continued yeah. in Batgirls issue one. Weirdly, they didn't tell us that there was any continuation of this in in Batman, which right. I'd have said the kind of is in, a, in a I think, with the backup. Uh, well, I think the weird thing about it is that it isn't. It isn't in the sense that the Batgirls backup just kind of leaves you in the same place as this does, which is Seer's going to be the main villain in Batgirls, and this is who it mm. is. So, you know, like, basically, they've, they've kind of, like, double, like, I mean, admittedly, why would you be reading, not reading Batman if you're reading this Nightwing tie-in? I mean, maybe you wouldn't be, I guess, but... I, I, I get that there are probably a lot of people who are reading Nightwing because it's a Tom Taylor book, and yeah. they're just reading these tie-ins begrudgingly, but they're not reading the main Bat book. That's possible. That's very possible. And I, I think, you know, in, in this, like, three-part mini, there's not been a lot of cast and staff, but... Uh, there's been a little bit of them, there's been a lot of babs, so I mean, it's done a kind of a good job saying, hey, you like these three characters, there's going to be a book that's about to start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, a decent and job. every issue this week had the, the sneak preview as well, which yeah. is the first, I don't know, which, four or five pages, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Which I didn't look at because I, didn't, I don't feel the need to. I'm going to read the book anyway. No, but like, going... I've flicked through it in the sense of, as I've gone past the pages, mm. I've seen the art, but I haven't yeah. actually read any of it. It's just funny that when you read Batman and it goes from the... The backup uh, to that preview, yeah. To that, it's like seamless because it's the same artist. It's yeah. Jorge Corona, and I was like, okay, that that's a. Fun and I, I read Batman first, so it was kind of like a weird thing where I didn't realize yeah. it was going to be like actual. Pa- I, I thought it was just a cover because yeah. sometimes it's just been a cover of what's coming up yeah. soon. Um, and when it, it wasn't until I read the next book and I got the same thing, I was like, oh, there's actually like extra pages of like preview stuff. Okay. Yeah, I did the exact same. Uh, yeah. Um, ah, yes, yeah, so this was this was a fun end to this little mini tie-in arc. Um, sets up Batgirls pretty well. The Babs and Dick have some nice moments. Um, it's not as good as the ongoing proper, and that was always kind of true. But it's just pretty solid tie-in. As as tie-ins go, it's on the upper end of the scale. Yeah, I mean, it it still feels part of uh, Fear State, but it still feels like a self-contained. Nightwing story, honestly, which is a nice balance. I would argue that it feels more like a decent setup for Batgirls than it does a tie into Fear State. Like it feels more leaning towards that. True. It's quite impressive how it's balanced being a Fear State tie-in, which it clearly oh. is. Mm-hmm. It's managed to still continue being a Nightwing book and continue, especially the Nightwing and Bab stuff, mm-hmm. and also set up the Batgirls book in you know pretty well in the space of two issues. It's done all of that without feeling overstuffed. Yeah. That's quite impressive. And I'm not saying that everything needs to have multiple lead-ins, but I think having the Batgirls backup, having a little bit in main Fear State, and then a lot in this Nightwing tie-in arc, 
makes Batgirls inherently feel more important as a book that's launching because it oh. feels like multiple things of like more more than one path has led to it, and because of that, it feels like a slightly bigger deal. Well, it even started, didn't it? Start in um, uh, Gotham Underground, in that Batgirl story. That's where we got the first taste of Seer. Do you mean in Urban Legends? That's what I meant. <laughs> Gotham Underground. I was like, what the hell is Underground? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, Urban Legends. Good lord, where'd that come from? Is that even a book? Is that no. a book? I, mean, I don't think All so. Right, delete that. Delete that. That's part of my pitch to DC later. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if you tell me there used to be a book at some point called Gotham yeah. Underground, I'll believe you. Yeah. Like, it sounds plausible, right. but... I meant Urban Legends. I don't Legends, remember so... it, though, if yeah. it was yeah. It started, it started in Urban Legends, and then it, it went through the backup, and then through Nightwing, and now into the Batgirls. So yeah, it feels like there's this thread. The only yeah. potential concern, at least me, and, and this is a very small quibble, is that it might mean that the first issue feels a little bit recappy to us who've been reading everything. Possibly. Because they've got to set this up as the, this is the issue right. one, as the series for everyone else. I'm hoping that... I think just the uh, the banter between the characters will be enough to carry it through that issue anyway. I yeah. think what, what makes me not that concerned about that is that most of the stuff that's happened in these lead-ins doesn't matter that much. The only thing that's important is the villain. And like, okay, Sears, this hacker who can take down Oracle's network. That's the important part. I'm, I'm thinking it'll be a case of we'll probably spend a fair bit of the issue setting up who Sears is, what mm. they've done, why, why they're on the hunt for them, this new base that they've got. Those, those sorts of things, they're going to get set up in that book. And that's that's fine. It has to be done. It has to be done in that issue when you have to cover that for anyone who didn't read any of these other yeah. bits. Uh, but it has a danger of being a bit less exciting for us. So more on that in a bit, because the backup in Batman's going to you know tie in heavily to this Batgirl's yeah. book. But uh, uh, no, fun time. Uh, Art has got some good moments. It's also got some monkey moments, but that's been consistent with the last two issues. Uh, so we, I, I assume we're back to the regular artist next issue with Nightwing. Mm-hmm. So I hope so. So, Matt, what are you giving Nightwing issue 85? Uh, this one, a 7.5. Connor? Yeah, I'm going to agree with the 7.5. Damn it. Yeah, I'm going to make it a trio of 7.5s. <laughs> I hate it when we line up. Hey, it's, it's, it's pretty damn good, but it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to call it great, because, you know, it's very, very yeah. good at what it's doing, but it's not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, lighting any fires under, under us, so, cool. Batman 117, James Tay in the fourth rating with uh, Jorge Jimenez on the art. Um, there's also like a half of a name that I didn't edit out properly in my list. <laughs> I was like, I got confused <laughs> for a second. This is also technically the, the last issue of Tynan's Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. He does have the, well, the Fear State Omega issue. Yeah, he's in a yeah. one shot, yeah. Uh, but this is the last issue of uh, Batman proper uh, that he's doing. I'm glad there is. Like, I'm glad there is like the Omega one shot though, because I I would feel a bit weird if this was the last we heard from I'm, Titans Batman. I'm still a little concerned. That might be put a bit strongly, but in the sense that I feel like it needs an epilogue issue, and maybe maybe that Omega one shot will be. But that feels like by the name, that feels like it's going to be an epilogue to Fear State. I I kind of want something that's more an epilogue to Titans Run as a whole, but. And I'm a little disappointed that I don't think we're going to get that unless unless they kind of throw me a curveball and that's what it's... that Omega issue is. I don't know. It's a bit weird because Fear State and the build to Fear State has been like half of his run, maybe a little bit more than mm-hmm. half. So really... Well, we I, went from you know was... the, that one villain, right? That was like... I forget what he was, but he was like the, the arch nemesis to yeah. Joker War 
to Fear State. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think, just, I, like, uh, the thing is, I'm feeling like, because there is the annual, which finishes off the Ghost Maker backups, if anyone was still yeah. reading those. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, exactly. But, so, that, but there's still, you know, you've got Punchline, you've got Clown Hunter, you've got, you know, all the, obviously all the Fear State stuff as well, mm-hmm. uh, Ghost Maker. All of that, I feel like, could have something in an epilogue issue. Whereas I don't feel like we're going to get most of that in this first state. You may, not get, you may not get all of it, but like, like I'm happy that because this would feel like a kind of an abrupt ending if he never writes any like more to like finish off his yeah. his story. Yeah. Like the end of this issue, it does have a nice like moment. It's a nice touch, and it, like mm-hmm. if that was the last moment of his Batman run, I like, okay, that actually would be but kind of a nice sentence. It doesn't feel like a run-ending issue, does no. it? It feels like the end of an arc, but not the end. Of yeah, you know. <laughs> And when you think about that, Connor, like when, when you brought up the last time you're on where he talked about in his newsletter or wherever that you read that, like by necessity, he had to create all these new characters. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that's going to be his legacy on this book and seeing which of these characters stick around, you know, like I well, I'll talk about it when he gets to the gardener. But, you know, when he wrote that book, there's a lot that he's playing with that involves the green and Ivy and that character fits right on in. With all that, even the way to go back to in the way it's linked Harley Quinn reintegrate Harley back into yeah. the Bat family in a uh-huh. in a way that I think that was that was in Tynan's run, right? Yeah, that, that this is going to come about where she kind of I mean, came he, back to he, Gotham was like, I'm going to be a hero now. Took yeah, and took all of Bruce's money away, making him you know have to rethink how to be Batman. So it, it feels like this run will have a I don't want to say lasting impact for you know, forever, but for for the foreseeable future, at least, this this feels yeah. like it's. He's, I mean, it's, we'll, got a, it's got an impact. We'll see, yeah. obviously, for sure. When we read next month's issue when one one eight comes mm-hmm. out and we start Williamson's run. We'll know for sure, but it doesn't feel like that's about to just completely scrub away anything that happened in this run. It, no. it feels like it's being handed off to someone in a neat place to continue rather than just right. start over. So, but mm-hmm. very curious to see. But uh, so Simon Saint's freaking out because Peacemaker one's going nuts. And it's right actually near the start of the issue where uh, mm-hmm. Dick and the Batgirls and, and Tim come, you know, and, and this is about talking about the inconsistency, like they're all together here, the, the, the armor's still half on, you know, but uh, we have some fighting pages with Batman on Peacemaker 1, uh, mm-hmm. and Miracle Molly is tinkering with the, the fear bomb, as it were, and Scarecrow gets in her head a little bit, and you know she she says she's he's not, but at the end of the page she's like mm. shit, like she, you know he's made a kind of a point is that like she could use this device, like and ultimately you know she's not going to use it with the fear side that he was going to do, but she has the the opportunity here to do it to the entire city what she chose to do it herself, which is erase so, their their memories. It's kind of always been what her goal was, in in a lot of ways, not not maybe necessarily do it through force like this yeah. the idea of everyone in gotham should it, it was it was more the idea that it was more the idea to spread the word so that more people would willingly take the choice to yeah. do it yeah so wait explain how that machine works again it takes their because you guys read the miracle molly it, it takes yeah. away all their like trauma it the trauma away, is... basically it takes away who they are in terms of all their not entirely their personality, but it takes away all the negative traits, I guess. It, well, right. it takes away all the bad experiences, but it leaves skills. You can still speak, you can still like do anything you could before, but it takes right. away it's, you know your relationships, takes, your right. It like takes that. away the trauma, right? Like it, and so Scarecrow was going to basically reverse engineer, not reverse engineer, but basically hit the reverse button, and it was going to Who still, speak? Reverse the polarity. There you go, and and 
put all the fear in them, you know, uh, bullseye style, right? Um, right? Am I following? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just laughing okay. at reverse the polarity because it's effectively yeah. what Scarecrow was going to do was just pop the right, fear. Uh, right. That's, that's, okay. that's uh, Doctor Who 101. If in mm -hmm. doubt, reverse the, the polarity. Because I just trying to think how that's going to all work on these people when they're not juiced in, right? Like, how is this actually going to work? Because it's not like like it's not like trauma has actual shrapnel, right? So like this machine goes off. Don't you have to be hooked into it though? Well, the original machine, but Scarecrow's turned it into like a, a you know a bomb style thing that will just spread through the air. Yeah. Okay. So is okay. So is his related to like a toxin? Is, this is what I I lost some minutes given, reading given this, this trying Scarecrow, to figure out. How I, it I works. don't know what the delivery mechanism <laughs> quite was. Okay. I, I'm not one hundred percent sure. But I, I assume it was. I understand it was an the concept now. him making it into a bomb and, and being like, I'm going to set it off and it's going to create the fear state that I had envisioned when I was in school and this is going to lead Gotham into a new age. Just the, you know, the minutia of, but these are thoughts and memories and those aren't tangible. So how is it going to work? For everybody, that's that's the one thing that I got hung up on, and then just went, okay, I have to keep reading. I can't think about this too long. Yeah, I didn't think about this at all for a single second. <laughs> I, I was willing to accept it's a bomb. It's going to affect God. Yeah, that, we've established this. This is Matt worried about the, the de details of something that's like no one. Like, <laughs> hey, I don't, I, I'm not the person that went. There's no cross. All right, that's <laughs> this is bordering on that level. Um, I'll be the judge of that. Thank you very much. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I think I think what I think about this issue is that so the Ivy's merge back together, right? And Ivy makes the choice. You know, I could still crumble this city, but I don't want to do that. I can do something better than that. So I want to do something better than that. And she uses you know pheromones from the flowers to calm everyone down. So she actually like mm -hmm. reduces the fear state, right? She brings them back down to a calm yeah. level. And that's part of the you know the fighting against. And before I move on, yes, there's the big romantic page where she. Do you know what it is? It's basically that that scene in Amazing Spider-Man where where Spider-Man like pulls in uh, Gwen with his web to kiss her. It's basically that, but with veins. Hmm? <laughs> she pulls in and and Harley, and Harley stop talking. Smacks her with okay. one. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's so good. So, uh, but I think what I like about this because you know there's the fight with Peacekeeper one and. That's the thing that's just like, oh, so it was an action scene in the comic book, whatever, right? It looks good, though. It, it does look good, <laughs> but it's not the yeah, interesting part. Smashes him with his utility belt. He wraps it around his hand, and it was like, all right, you're just going to smash the robot warrior. That uh, works, Bruce. The, the R is very good. But the book, the, the point of this issue, though, is not any of this. The point of this issue is the standoff with Miracle Molly and Batman towards the end, where she has this choice, and Batman has to talk her out of it. And what I liked about this is that this is fundamentally like her saying, okay, we have to take away trauma and we've seen how it's worked, with, worked for her and what she wanted to do with others. And there's no better example in the entire DC universe than Batman for the idea of the trauma that he went through being a big factor in who he becomes and why he is who he is. So him having to argue her that she shouldn't do this and that they have to sort of like be, choose to be better and good with their past intact... <laughs> Uh, I think is a really fascinating character moment for both of them. Uh, I mean, I don't know if she knew he was Bruce Wayne before, but the fact that he's willing to just rip off the cowl and just be like, no, look, <laughs> I went through a lot of shit. 
okay yeah. and i can't i can't promise you that everyone's going to make the right choice but i have to believe that they can so the touch and ending of her like putting down the trigger and hugging him and saying i want to believe yeah. uh is, is a very sweet yeah. moment i think it you know it brings all the themes of the story together um and uh, in hindsight it does kind of make some of the peacekeeper one like fighting stuff feel just a little bit like oh we have to have some an action part of the plot to keep all the yeah, tension you can't up. just have them having a philosophical discussion about trauma and if you know, if you remove trauma, is that doing just as not the yeah. is that doing the harm as you know learning to deal with said trauma? And the fact that like part of what convinces her is that he says, "Hey, like you know, tap in. You know, here's the the feed of what I'm seeing from the city, and the city's actually getting better because Ivy's like influencing everyone and calming them down." What's really nice about that is that Ivy actually kind of went through what what Mary Kamala did and that her like she lost the trauma part kind of right she was split in two and it was actually her becoming whole again and having all of her experiences back together that yeah. inspired this choice to help the city and it was that helping the city that then inspires Mary Kamala to not do- like mm-hmm. it all neatly fits together in a way that I think is quite smart <laughs> yeah no, it's it's real good so, it, it really is the one... peak of, of Tynan playing with the all the threads right like Oh, from a narrative perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it'll really neatly. Yeah, the themes click together wonderfully. Uh, They do. I have one tiny, tiny art quibble, but because of the thematic... There was a cross on page four, damn it! It's it's almost as petty as that, I'm not going to lie. Jeez, Connor. No, no, the reason I think it matters is because of... So, there's a big thing here, you know, with with Miracle Molly's eyes, right? One's the cybernetic eye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you see that a lot, uh, you know, she sees you know all the city through it and everything, but from the moment where she you know comes around at the end, her eye is that that eye is covered up by her hair. You don't see it again. It it, it just becomes you know, you, you it focuses on her real eye. You know, the, the one that that's crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, there's this you know, quite literal split between her two eyes. And then what annoys me is going back a little bit before he takes off the cowl, uh, in the fight with Peacemaker. Um, the cowl, you know, the, the the white lenses, one of them was smashed, so you could just see one of his eyes. And then as soon as it gets to the scene with Miracle Molly, both the lenses are in place again. And I, it really annoyed me because I would have loved that. Okay, it, not only just for the continuity of having one of the eyes on show, you know, you know, just to carry mm-hmm. on, but I think it would have really nicely mirrored the real and cybernetic eye of Miracle Molly there, you know, in that final sequence. And, it, you know, by the time he takes the cowl off, and you've got oh, both eyes are on show, you know, in her covering up that one eye, it would have it would have worked really nicely, and I feel like just a little bit was lost in the art by not having that. I can offer you two explanations for this. One is kind of plausible in a Batman way, the other one is very unplausible, but I'm going to say it for, for the lols. Uh, the plausible one is that the 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 little visors in his eyes are like a, a likely point of damage, so there's just a built-in backup that will slot in uh, <laughs> when need be. That's very Batman. Sure. Uh, the unplausible one is that for some reason... Batman chose in this conversation where he's having this big debate about saving the city and not having their minds be wiped, he chooses to do the Undertaker eye roll for no reason. <laughs> Jonathan Crane, you're gonna rest in peace. And he rolls him back. Uh, Joe, I love as well is that when Murakumali does see the city and she hears the news saying that Nakano's mm. been arrested, and, and it's kind of funny actually that it's actually Nightwing and Co who are like you know taking Nakano down. 
or not Nakano, sorry. Yeah. Nakano, say, yeah. Nakano's yeah. Nikano, on the news talking about Saint. Sorry, I was looking at him when I yeah. said that, which is why I said the wrong name. Uh, but it's it's kind of interesting that it's actually Nightwing Co. who take him down uh, in terms of actually apprehending him. But um, I love the uh, the two pages where it's uh, like you know for the first time since before Joker wore the bat signals in the sky, and uh, like I love that page specifically <laughs> of it's like the back of Babsy's head looking up at it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, all the little panels of everyone. Yeah, they're all kind of landing to look up at it as well. Uh, but the, the full sort of image in the background is just the back of Babsy's head looking up at the signal, and then you see them all standing there. Yeah. I like how, you know, obviously we haven't really had Duke or, or Kate really in this run, but they're there. But they're there. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I assume that's the new Batman there as well? I, I, yeah. assume, I assume too, yeah. It's before he, he packs his bags and moves to New York. So. Which, <laughs> The timeline is getting very confusing here because that I, book is definitively set in the future past don't, this. And... Don't think about it. Don't, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. I know, but uh, I like that Harley's included on this page as well. As no, no, she's a member of the Bat Family now. At I least, mean, yeah. Well, see future. if Jason Todd could be let in, we can let in Harley. Although notably, Jason's not on the page. No, but what does what was Jason doing during the like? He has zero. Well, what was Duke doing too? Uh, <laughs> shoot, and wait, Duke was wait. there. Duke and Kate might have had something in Urban Legends. That's true, true, yeah. Me, they might have had I mean Gotham ends. Underground. Yes, I mean Gotham Underground. Yeah. So sorry, man. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, uh, so I really like that Batman page. It's the idea that, you know, the city's starting to believe in Batman again. Uh, really nice. But no, like I said, I, I like that, you know, he takes off his cowl and sort of like appeals to her as a human who's went through the trauma as opposed to Batman. And that's what kind of finally convinces her. And, you know, you could she almost... Puts, uh... Go ahead, Pete. I was gonna say you could almost call it a cheesy ending with the flower in the foreground, but because Harley is like sending her vines throughout the city to like calm everyone down, it, there's Ivy. actually there's, Harley's doing that. Oh, sorry, Ivy. Like there's context. <laughs> there's context. Well, it is Harley in a way. It's kind of like Harley's giving her a flower hard on, so oh, all the flowers they, they... are sprouting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Defensive nonsense he's coming up. With. <laughs> I was gonna interrupt to make a joke that she put the iPod Nano down and then a flower grew, but all oh, right, okay, you know. But Did... then Harley started growing flowers, and we got a spread joke, and I'm just not gonna go there. A spread joke? Yeah, you like you said the ivy was spreading throughout the yeah. The, Never mind. <laughs> That's not how I phrased it, but okay. Yeah. You know. Uh, I, I was trying to liking an erection to a flower blossoming. I, I knew you were. Yes. Just, just as we're clear here. Okay. Instead of just going, yeah, I said the wrong name. Yeah. I, I admitted that first, and then I thought, for the lols, I'll do a little bit of joke, joking afterwards. That's what they, that's what they're here for. So. Now that Tynan, this is basically his, his, that's not even his goodbye because we have the Omega. Do you, do you think any of these characters are going to pop up soon with other, you know, I'm talking about the, the Tynan. Yeah, the new ones. I don't know about Miracle Molly, maybe. Um, I would say Clown Hunter, yes. Uh huh. I think Punchline's probably going to show up at some point. Especially now that we've taken Harley as a Bat family member. Punchline yeah. has kind of you know filled that vacant slot. The, so I the, think she has a good purpose, yeah. right? And earlier in the episode, you were talking about how you know the whole Suicide Squad is a brand and and whatnot. And I and I feel like in that they've taken strides to to disassociate Harley with Joker, right? Because a lot of the media has been mm. about how she's getting from him, and now this is where she is in the comics too. So it all really works. So it's nice to have Punchline there as that 
you know, clown lady that can do crazy things still. And, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, I, I hope like the, the Tynan's intent was to seed these characters. Like, I don't want to look at it cynically. Like he explained, like he had to come up with things, you know, do his own things because of editorial. I but I, I, even if that is the reason, which it probably is, because as we said, I believe it. I, I think they've mostly been quite good characters. Most yeah. of the Ghost Baker's the one that sticks out. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one that sticks out as being kind of. Eh, we could have yeah. done without him, but you know. Yeah, but I, I hope other writers pick these guys up, and because the, there's so many bat books, right? Like, yeah, I, I would like to see them kind of continue, and even like, you know, a couple issues featuring the Insanity Collective as a. Possibly. I think the fact that we're at a stage now where Professor Pig is a regular recurring yeah. villain. Mm-hmm. It guarantees that at least one or yeah. two of these will get picked up. Yeah, so I, I mean, I and, think Punchline, for example, is perfect for an arc on Batgirls. Like, you know, once the Seer yeah. story's done, like she's a perfect potential villain in that yeah, book. For sure. Yeah. Well, and with the amount of villains that we keep getting turning heroes, right? The, the Clayface stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we're, we're going to need some new ones to restock, and Punchline's perfect for that. <laughs> uh, she doesn't seem redeeming at all. Uh, but, but yeah, I hope that's I hope that's his legacy going forward, and I do appreciate his commentary and trauma and and all of that type of stuff uh, throughout this, because that that seems to be his main key here that he wanted to to look at the trauma that makes Batman and see if like if it's worth it or not, and clearly that's you know Bruce decided that it was, and he's able to talk Miracle Molly into not removing it. So yeah. yeah. Uh, that's nice. Good. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, it's not quite this, but it's you know, sometimes like me and Connor will talk about it's the the Star Trek Picard ending to mm-hmm. a story rather than the action ending. Is it just more about the person making the right choice than it is about the the punchy punchy, bang bang, and yeah, and uh, and obviously this is a Batman comic. It has to have some of the punchy punchy bang bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, that's not the ending. That's not the important part. It's not the point. No, that's just it's just there. You know, to yeah. fill out. Five or six pages, maybe, in the whole issue. It's not actually that much. Yeah. Uh, so, the backup, uh, the, the final part of this Batgirls story, which is really just, you know, the tease to lead into the, the new series. Uh, that's probably my favourite part of the three. And I think part of it is because it, it, it doesn't really have to deal with tying into things as much this part. It's just kind of a fun story of Steph and Cass, because they're technically wanted criminals now. Although no one knows their real names, so, I mean... Uh, uh, it's more to the fact that the seer can like hack into any like camera and like find them, so mm-hmm. they have to just hide in this hotel room, and it's just them being miserable and getting cabin fever and watching the news. Um, their banter's really entertaining. We hear from like the reporter like what's going on in the city. So it is set after Fear State. We hear you know Saint's been uh, locked up and things, and uh, like Steph is so determined and to the point where they even like go against Babsy's wishes and just hang out in the fire escape but that's enough like someone like one camera or whatever catches their face and it's enough for uh, the seer to like show up on their TV uh, but that's the fun stuff here it sets up that they're going to have a new location uh, uh, Babs has bought a loft for them to live in together yeah. as roommates yeah. so we're going to get like a sitcom <laughs> vibe from the new yeah. Batgirls book I'm all for that uh, there's the thing where she's like hey I'll be back like tomorrow and we'll set up the new place and she's like, wait, why aren't you crashing here with us? And she just sort of casually says, I'm crashing with Dick. It just walks yeah. out. <laughs> well, there's that, and they destroyed the room within, what, three days? Yes, yes. Uh, they are... Four days. The, four these, days, these, I think, these, but yeah. Yeah, these teenage girls just trashing it. And, uh, 
uh, I do love that because you talk about the roommate vibe, and yeah. it's just like that was already. I think there's a there's like a caption that said it was already trashy, and what they did to it was even worse. Yeah, there's a running so, gag in the funny. narration that Steph keeps pointing out that's this rating on the on the the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a fake website, obviously, but it's like ratingroom.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it starts off at like 1.75 and it goes down <laughs> from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's at like half a star by the end. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, all just good fun. Uh, the, the, the seer is definitely set up as this villain who is like very formidable because they can find them as long as she gets... A, if, if they walk in front of technology that's connected to the internet, she'll be able to track them. Um, so it teases uh, that the place they're going to is the place where there's been some murders. So there's also a murder plot going on as well in the background on the news. Mm-hmm which I assume is going to be part of the book as well. Um, so it's like, yeah, that's this. it almost feels like it's setting up their part of Gotham. In the same way that Selena had Alleytown, uh, yeah. it feels like this, this The Hills is going to be like yeah. where the Batgirls are hanging out now for the foreseeable yeah. future. Because the, the graffiti artist turned it into The Hells. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Um, so Maybe not the best part of Gotham, but hey, she got a cheap loft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're right in the middle of all the people they need to help. So, you know, there's... there's Positive to uh, it. So. Mm-hmm. Sound like, you know, we've got a good setup for a, a nice first arc here. Yeah. I, sure. I really like the, these backups have essentially functioned as a as a zero issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have. In, in, in a lot of ways, you know, if you put the three together and, you know, if, if, if you took these three parts and slapped it as one thing and put a zero issue on it, I don't think anyone would have thought twice about it. I think the only thing that would be weird about it is if you weren't reading Nightwing, I feel like the transition from the last part to this part would probably feel quite weird. That's probably true. But... I was reading Nightwing, so whatever. <laughs> but also, I assume when they get to doing the trade, they're going to have these three parts in it, but they're probably not going to have that Nightwing stuff in there. That's true. Uh, I don't yeah. know. We'll see, what, see what they do with that, maybe. I don't know. That's, a, that's an interesting yeah. quandary. But, I mean, did they throw in that Batwoman story from the Urban Legends issue? to like Because that was relevant as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's and true. So, uh, 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 we'll see, see what they do. Maybe they'll just put a couple of recap pages in or something. Yeah, depends how that. long the first arc is, I suppose. If it's only like four issues, then it'll be perfect to include all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I had fun with this. This uh, I'm feeling quite positive about this Batgirls book now. Uh, after all these like teases and like, yeah, you examples. were pretty cautious when it was announced. Well, because of the creative team, right? That yeah, creative team. Yeah. I think, and they were they were selling it as like this, you know, uh, all ages book, right? And I think he was a bit cautious. Well, which is funny because like it's, it, it feels more teen focused than all ages, which is actually totally fine. Like the Stephanie Brown Batgirl book that I love by Brian Q. Miller right. is definitely an appeal to teen story. It's just it's how right. you tackle it. Yeah. And, uh, if you haven't read that issue where that crosses over with Damien, where she has to babysit him, it's one of my favorite things ever. Oh yeah, so. it's a great issue. So yeah, I guess we'll rate the uh, the book then. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, what are you giving? Batman. So I'm going to give the the main story an eight point five, and I'm going to give the backup a seven. Cool, Car. I wasn't going to split, but collectively, just an eight point five. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, Which is mainly for the main story. The backup, it's it's kind of too short to have a proper rating for. Yeah, really. well, that's why. I just yeah, I kind of feel there. that way with backups as well. Although I think I like this one the most out of them. I st- it's still hard to rate a backup on its own because they're so short. Uh, yeah, I actually think I talked myself up a little bit. Like, I think when I read the issue, I liked it, but I was probably just sitting on an eight. Um, I think talking about it and thinking about how all the themes clicked together, I like it more uh, Same. than I did. So uh, I'll probably say 
8.5 as well. But I, I, I yeah, I think it went up once I thought about it more because I think it does actually as a really nice fit and ending to a lot of what the, the story was doing. So cool. Batman Secret Files: The Gardener, Issue One, James Tyne the Fourth with Christian Ward on art. Uh, Matt it had to read this because it was Ivy related. So yep. Uh, feel free to tell us all about it. Yeah, so just like the other Secret Origin issues, it's the you know origin of the Gardener and how she relates to Ivy and the Green, and uh, we find out that she's not necessarily a bad guy, but she is kind of a mercenary that puts out her her you know her it's not even an ability, but her science to the highest bidder, and you find out that her you know. Um, her dad is German. Her her mom was Congolese, and you know she they died in a car accident when she was young, and so she felt like she didn't have any connection to either side of her family. And the um, the people that took her in were actually the gardeners that you know lived in you know next door, and so they raised her, and she has this appreciation for plants, and which leads to her into her field where she goes off to school to study you know, plant science and botany where she ends up running into Jason Woodrow. Uh, and this acts kind of like a backwards origin for all of the people that we know that can, you know, that have plant-based powers because it, it involves Woodrow um, and he's running a, a government-led program to find out how they can weaponize plants, which leads them, you know, to uh, the the program is Alec Holland and his fiance, uh, Philip Sylvian, who is doing hybrid work, which I'm sure he's a character that I didn't have time to look up. Um, but most importantly, uh, a young Pamela Isley who is doing research into, you know, plant pheromones and how they're stronger than than mammal pheromones and how you know that can be used. Um, and she's you know there's the page where they get introduced. It's just fantastic. Um, but those two hit it off, um, and they end up, uh, in a relationship and it makes her, it makes the gardener question what she's going to do. Cause her science involves giving plant life monstrous features. So she, she messes with seeds and can basically turn them into these kind of, they're very similar. Remember in Stranger Things, you had the the I forget what Dustin named it, but he had the creature that uh, you know that was running around. He kept it like a pet. Oh yeah, like that. Season two. What's I think it was season two. It's very much like that, and they end up growing into <clears throat> her two like plant wolves that she keeps around that uh, that guard her. Um, but it, the way that that Pam looks at life and just how she wants to the best for everybody. And, you know, it makes her start questioning the work that she's doing for this government program. And, but she also sees that Pam wall in a relationship with, with Bella, who's her real name. Um, she's also doing stuff with Woodrow to try to get ahead. And it's, it's that, that damns her into becoming one of Woodrow's experiments that leads her to becoming poison Ivy. And what's important here is that that Titan really does make the difference, that there is a difference between Pamela Isley and Poison Ivy. Like, when this happened, Pamela Isley kind of went away 
and Ivy took over, and all of her kind of negative features is what went into Ivy, where she started to... It started just with the pheromone stuff, because that's what she was working on, that's what she control. But the longer she spent as Poison Ivy, the more her power grew, and she could tap into plants and tap into the green. And, you know, that's where they kind of split off, is that she didn't really agree with that, because it kind of lost who that Pamela Isley was. And... Uh, uh, the gardener brings up her relationship with Ivy, which she started through, you know, the faraway lens. She could see Pamela coming back out, those shades of, you know, Ivy bringing out, or Harley bringing out the best of Ivy. And, uh, you know, she was happy for her um, up until she ended up, you know, splitting and becoming this Queen Ivy, right? Because the, the good part of her died, which I'm sure... It's kind of a reference to the book that we don't talk about, right? Like, that happened. Um, but what the gardener did was that she had basically put all of all of Pam's, like, everything that was good about her, the, the, the positive aspects, into the seed. And that's the seed that got grown into the ivy that we found out through, you know, the Ram V Catwoman stuff. And that's the one that they were going to use, you know, the same industries was going to profit off of and whatever. And that's eventually what she ends up remerging in the pages of Batman. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's basically it. That It leads there that she's watering that seed. And eventually, you know, Pam will come back to being, you know, that hybrid of Pamela Isley and Poison Ivy. Uh, it was. I really enjoyed the issue. Like it wasn't just because it was an Ivy. It was a nice, you know, trip through, like how the green, you know, how it's been used through DC in the past, and how maybe, you know, them weaponizing it is is it eventually, you know, like Ivy wasn't a, a creation of Pamela Isley. It was a creation of how, you know, circumstances led to her, and that ended up that ends up being why. They can restore her. So um, the art's fantastic. It's very moody. It's almost watercolory at times. Like there's a lot of pages that bright greens and you know balanced with purples and blues, um, and of course red. Red's the reoccurring, uh, you know, the reoccurring color motif. It's Gardner's costume and Pam's hair. So, um, yeah, just really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna give it an eight. Oh. Very nice. Uh, cool. I'm not, uh, <laughs> no, I, I would if, if you're any type of Ivy fan, like Connor, definitely give it a read when you have time because it is, you know, even even with the swamp thing, kind of ties there with, uh, you know, they talk about uh, Alec Holland leaving the program because he didn't like what Woodrow was doing. I, I, just... you know, I do, I do like the Woodrow popped up in that mm-hmm. story. I, I perked yeah. up a little bit when you said that. Yeah, yeah, and it's and just seeing where what Ramvi's doing with Swamp Thing, and you know the whole idea of that company perverting the green, you know, and how that's led to this new series and new characters that assume the mantle. Um, like you're talking about how things clicked into place with Batman. It's how I feel stuff's going with with the green side of DC right now. That's cool. To, to be fair, I did plan on reading it. I just yeah. ran out of time. Right? For context of how little time I had, 
Okay. While you were just talking about that now, I was reading Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Well, there you go. <laughs> did you finish so, it? I, I did, yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, so, there you go. Uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 5, Tom Taylor and John Timms. Uh, so this uh, is an issue that they kind of been promoting this for a bit because as the kiss, right? Like we knew there was a yep. kiss in this, uh, and I was kind of like, and when the issue started, I was like, this doesn't feel like it's building up to a kiss. It feels like it's doing other stuff, uh, yeah. but of course it does get there uh, in the end. Yeah. Uh, so this is after the trap that was set where the uh, the human torchlight dude from before yep. uh, exploded in in John's face. Uh, he's supercharged at the start of this issue. And he does help out this guy and gets him to Wally, who's going to help him. Bit of a dick move using Wally's name just like that. Do you even think of, thought about it? But you're right, actually, that's like, kind of weird. It's fine for Wally to use John's name because John's name is public knowledge. Yes, yes. So that that oh that was, that was fine. But then he says, you know, he calls, you know, he says, "Look after him, Wally." I'm like, John. John needs to learn some superhero etiquette. Mm, well, he, I'm going to chalk this up. I'm, I'm going to make an excuse here. Is that this was the aspect of him being all jacked up, right? So, <laughs> and that since he's so like energized, he isn't thinking straight. That normally, under normal okay. circumstances, this feels like a bit of a stretch, but I'll. I'll it is. I'll oh, it is. It's superheroes one hundred and one. Is you know, yeah. You have some respect for you, for everyone else. You know, use the code names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but John's feeling supercharged. So he see he's hearing things around the world even clearer. He's seeing things further. Uh, he he describes like like five situations going on simultaneously, and he he helps this guy first. He gets this guy to Wally first, but then we get like a sequence where he goes through all of these situations that he said he heard or, or saw, uh, where he's helping with the flood in Luxembourg, uh, saving people from that. Some really nice art there of him flying through, uh, dealing with some kidnap victims uh, in Africa, where he's like you know taking on the truck with all the, the kidnappers on it. Then there's a little girl who's lost in the, the forest and he helps her. And it's, it's sort of like boom, 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 boom. And it, it, it sort of caps off with him like picking up a bridge with all these hospital patients on it that he's transporting to another hospital. And it's a great two-page layout. Uh, it's a really... I, I think this is one of these really smart things where because if you think of the shape of a bridge, if you pick up a bridge, it's a very wide mm-hmm. image. So it uses the two-page framing to make it really fit into the page uh, yeah. whilst all the other panels are sort of taking up the empty space in the bottom. Uh, yeah. So... It's really Sadly nice. Uh, but then, then John starts to look a bit woozy. Right? He's got some. He's, he's he eyes realizes he's red. struggling with the bridge. Like I should not be struggling with this. Yeah. So he puts it down kind of awkwardly. Uh, the doctors notice he looks a bit wrong. So he flies off. Uh, he, he gets a message that he, he needs to go see. Um, well, actually, I should I shouldn't gloss over the no, fact he, that he, he saves someone. He tries to save someone on the yeah, way. He breaks someone's arm right by accident. Yeah. He, he doesn't know his own strength, and it's actually uh, Airy who shows up and says, hey, Jay needs to, to see you. Uh, so, so, yeah, and this is where he ends up crashing on his couch, right, for, for nine hours. He needs to rest. And John's like, well, I shouldn't be feeling these things. I should be fine. He's like, you don't know, like, you're the first of your kind. You're half Kryptonian, half human. Yeah. You don't know how this affects you. Maybe you do actually need to recharge a little bit. Maybe you're just pushing yourself too much. Um... And even as he's falling asleep, he's like, oh, but there's, there's, you know, there's people in danger here and there, and I have to go and do other things. Um, but when he wakes up, it's kind of this nice heart-to-heart stale moment. Uh, and he points out that he's the one person on Earth that he doesn't really have to worry about. Because he can phase through things, nothing can really kill him. 
You know, we, we saw him survive that big explosion, of course, at the Kent yep. farm. And he, we see him walking through the walls here. And this is kind of what, this is, this is, that, that point is what kind of initiates the kiss almost. Like, it's just like, it's almost like John in that moment kind of realizes partly the excitement of that or the, the mm-hmm. connection. This, this is kind of what makes him special to him specifically. Uh, is he never really has to worry about him in that same way. Um, uh, and it's a sweet enough moment to kind of smell each other. Um, I did like the, you know, because he gets up and says, I have to go. And he's like, seriously? And he's like, it's not, it's not you. It's an armed robbery. I was like, that's a funny line. <laughs> he goes, that's not a sentence I've heard before. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Because, you know, it's also usually, it's not you, it's me. But it's not yeah, you, it's, it's armed robbery. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah like six blocks over. Also, I left a bridge on a road. I, a bridge, yeah. <laughs> the, I left a bridge is a very Tom Taylor line. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very much like, yeah, I need to go see a man about a dog. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I left a bridge on a road. Um, I have to I return some videotapes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that John leaves his cape and we get that future state vibe of his mm. uh, suit. And I know we're kind of getting away from the future state aspects. Yeah, of things, I, I have seen some speculation but... that this will be him going without the cape in general now. Yeah. And yeah, he has the cape on covers coming up, but they could be just misleading. You know, it's covers, yeah, they, just... or they could edit them out. Who knows? Yeah, but... I'm just saying it, it does make him look distinct from his dad, which is nice. I like when, you know, I, I hated when Wally was the Flash and there was only slight changes to the suit. And he had to look really close. So I do like here that like just John looks. You'll be able to tell immediately. Yeah, you you know you can look at at John. And you're like, I know that's him, but you know the red shoulders, you know, and the way that the S comes up. Um, I do quite like just, the red shoulders. Okay. Yeah, like it's just it, it's a nice, interesting look. Um, and and know, I, I think you see the red shoulders Superman. more without the cape. Yeah. Because before it just it just blends in with the cape, but now it, it makes right. it distinct, and I think mm-hmm. it I think it works better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it's a good issue. It, it, it kind of it's oh. a very focused issue that deals with this idea that because at first it kind of felt like a little like this is like a weird montage of him doing all these things. But mm-hmm. as it gets to kind of the point of it, where he starts to feel the burnout mm-hmm. and he starts to like yeah. you know struggle to hold the bridge, he starts looking sick, yeah. he, he hurts someone by accident. Then it kind of becomes clear what this all is, and this whole you know scene at the end and like crashing. It, all of this is like, oh, this is where he comes and ends, not intentionally expecting comfort, you know, he's kind of called upon there, mm-hmm. but it kind of becomes this safe haven where he's allowed to rest and take a break for a moment. So it kind of becomes this uh, safe place for him. Uh, not, not quite a yeah, focus and- solitude, but like, you know, kind of what I assume like the Kent farm is to Clark in some ways, where it's the, the right. place where he goes it's and just- feels at home. Right, and so... At, at first, I was like, what, what's Taylor doing with this? Is like, I get that he's supercharged, but it didn't feel like any different than what we've seen. And then just him trying to do too much. I just, I really like that, the character beat for him. That like, yeah, I have all this energy. Of course, I'm going to go to try to do everything I can. I'm trying to be my dad. And then when he finally, you know, shuts down because it's just too much. And, you know, Jay explains to him, like, you are the first of your kind. Like, you don't know, you know, you're not your dad. And I kind of like that subtle, you know, and not like a, it's not like a, a drag of it. It's just like, you're different from him. You need to be you. You need to rest. Yeah, and in some um, ways you might be stronger, but there might also be limitations right. that he never had. Right. So, um, so I, I do like that, you know, Taylor started with that of, yeah, he's doing Superman stuff. And it was just like, yeah, he's doing too much. Um, and yeah, these are 
your limits. And so, and it kind of plays in with Bendix almost running an experiment, right? So now he knows what John's limits are. And they have that, um, that and cute it, joke at the end was like, hey, when you get mm-hmm. back, we'll plot how to take down a evil president mm-hmm. or something to that yeah. effect. Uh, which was a neat it, line. Impeachment doesn't work. <laughs> they uh, tried it twice. So, I, yeah, like, it, it's a really strong focused issue. And I think this this particular series from Taylor is coming together the more we get into what it's doing. So I think some of them like hit the ground running better with Taylor, where immediately you just get to get what it is, and it just feels like it's already clicked together. This feels like it started off good, like it was very promising, but it's just it's as it's going, it's clicking more and more, and it's like, okay, I'm kind of seeing what this is becoming it, and what he's doing yeah, with it, it. It really does fit in with his his Suicide Squad though too. And not just because mm. these characters are trivia, but there is a, I don't want to say a political bent, but there is an undercurrent that's going through it, right? There's definitely and, a political side to this, you know, this series, that, yeah. But it's still very much a superhero story, right? Like he, like there's no political aspect to the flood, right? In Luxembourg, outside of if he wants to tie it to, you know, climate disasters and whatnot, or the little girl that's lost in Costa Rica, which those are two of my favorite moments. Like him going and and the girl telling him in spanish that he needs uh she needs help and he says yeah i can help you just it's it's a very superman moment that um you know doesn't play into those but when they do pick up like you, you know the the stuff with bendix and the airy and jay and all that stuff it it all fits in very seamlessly yes. so Yes, Brian Michael Bendix is the the villain of this. Yes, Brian Michael Bendix. Which... <laughs> it makes me every time I read it, like because I forget between issues. Yeah, and then I come back to the issue and I see it and I go, oh yeah. You know, that. to to a segment of Superman fans, Bendis could have been seen as Bendix. You know, trying yeah. to destroy Superman. I, I, I've brought this up like multiple times with multiple issues yeah. at this point. Yes, we know the character came from Wildstorm from Wildstorm. a long time ago. It's not a new character. It's not like it's a dig. But it's still just, it feels like it could be, almost. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's all the stuff. What are you giving it, Matt? Uh, I'm giving this an 8.5. Car? I'm going to go with straight 8. Yeah, straight 8 for me as well. Uh, but the, the series does feel like it is kind of like clicking into place now, which is nice. Yep. Uh, so, very good. Uh, back to Matt on his own again. Green Lantern, yep. issue 8. Jeffrey Thorne with Crisscross and yep. Marco Santucci on Santucci. art. So I will say the crisscross art really stands out here because uh, I believe that's the first part, which involves John on his journey with that with that new god. And I am not here for this stuff. This is a little bit too zany and out yeah, there for I, I, a Green Lantern. Interesting to explain what you because I I like yeah. I was planning on reading it and I mm-hmm. left it till last. I went to get it. I looked at the preview pages and I'm like. I don't... Like, because I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I was, I slogged through the last one quite a bit, even though I liked the, the Joe and Kelly stuff a bit more. Obviously, I, I, it still was such a slog. Like we, I hated the, we have to stop, you know, because I thought, oh, we're going to save Kilowog, and it ended up being, no, we're going to stop and do all this. Flashback no, they, they do this here with Kilowog. They show up at that planet, and so, um, for like Connor, who wasn't here for the last one, um, I, I barely been paying attention to Greenland anyway, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I was just using you as a as a cipher for the audience that oh, might not be in the continue. know. Yes. Um, yeah, show your face, Connor, um, and let them speak. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm so sorry. For... You, you directed a conversation at me. Yes. Uh, I can't find this new god's name. It's driving me nuts. Um, Bendix. But no, it's not Bendix. 
You sure? So they show up at this 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 planet, and he keeps telling John that he's ascended. And this is part of my problem, where as like I like John Stewart as a Green Lantern because he was one of the most down to earth. You know, he was an architect. He's in the Marine Corps. He's very you know no nonsense type. And now we're tying him into New God stuff, and it just not that it's bad. It's just it feels off. But they they get down to this planet and Kilowog and and uh, I forget the rock guy's name. They're they're you know helping the the locals fight off um, the bad guys. John shows up with this green light um, that that he has, and he's he's sanctioning all the people off and and helping them. And you know it's like well what do we do now? Those angel guys attack. And the the God of Journeys is like, you can't be here. You're not supposed to be here. This is the way things are supposed to play out. Um, the Guardians try to stop you from learning all of this, but now you know, so you're back on the path. Uh, and that John kind of calls him out and is like, wait, look, man, I've been in Greenland for a long time. You know how many chosen ones we've been through? You know, <laughs> I am in control of my own fate here. Um, and he tells them that, no, you're actually not, uh, in that, you know, everything happens for a reason, um, and that, uh, he has to see this for the next portion, even the time that he wasn't supposed to be there. It's all this convoluted type stuff, but, you know, all these people are being led into this light, um, they're servants of the light bringer in that John starts to, to put it all together. Um, because of the, the, you know, the light bringer and the light, he flies off and this new God's like end of the prologue or end prologue. And it's just, it's a little bit too self-aware. Um, and John ends up going through this portal where this giant light creature is standing like a kaiju over this alien city. And it looks like someone in Metron's chair, um, you know, is sitting there watching it all go down. And it's just like, like I get wanting to tell a sci-fi story with Green Lantern, but man, this is just, this is way out there. I love that. That's um, the thing, though. This isn't a sci-fi story anymore. Why, why don't you start talking about uh, gods and gods and stuff? It's like we're, yeah. we're not in sci-fi territory. We're in like yeah, well, other and there's territory. a lot of philos- <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of philosophical stuff going on. That doesn't mean that you know sci-fi can't be philosophical. Like the best sci-fi is can be so philosophical. But man, it it seems like it's really trying to ape Kirby because I've I've really done a deep dive into the after seeing the Eternals into Jack Kirby because there's a lot of threads that he was jumping back and forth between his time jumping back from Marvel and DC in the 70s, a lot of this philosophical style things and it just feels like it's imitating it and not in a good way. Mm. Um, then we get to the back half of the story that involves Joe and, and the Green Lanterns. And this is the stuff that I'm here for. And it's not just because it's doing like the Green Lantern stuff I like, but it is Joe trying to piece together a mystery of who blew up the power battery and how it relates to the Guardians. Um, and just this story right here made me realize that how much of a crutch the Guardians can be at times. And that most of the time I've enjoyed the Guardians is when they're kind of nameless and faceless and just meant to be authority for the guardians to stand up to, or the guardians, the green lanterns to kind of stand up to and go, you guys think, you know, everything's been around forever, but like, 
we're the one in the trenches. You need to listen to us. And they always serve as a great foil there. Basically, when uh, they're just the government. I guess, yeah. Like, that's, you know. But, yeah, and then there's always Ganthet. Like, I love Ganthet just as a character because he is the rogue guardian, right? Like, he is the one that's out there that is trying to be in the trenches and seeing what the Green Lanterns are doing. He listens to them. Um, but here we get that the Joe and the um, the Kaluan, which I can't find her name, they've extracted a like a like a video um of that's not exactly a video but it's from the archives of the guardians having this meeting in the original own language that they're kind of translating but they're still missing stuff so they're not getting the full story and because it's so old there are pieces that are damaged and missing or might have been erased but um we we meet the these two guardians, uh, Koyos and I'm trying to find the second one, but they're a male and female uh, guardian, and they basically are, are kind of responsible for all of the chaos that the the, the guardians have been up to, and that uh, they've been running like secret experiments behind the other guardians back and they're the ones that are responsible for uh for the gauntlet that kelly has um and that they're spending a lot of time on oh it's it's nemocini is the other one um and that's so koyos is the male guardian nemocini is the the female but yeah they've been going back and forth running experiments on earth um and it's just not adding up in that they ended up at the Sorcerer's Homeworld, which is Planet Xerox, which they're the ones that attacked the, the you know, in the very first issue that might be responsible for the blowing up of the central power battery. Um, and that these, these uh, archives are kind of tipping that they're up to some no good, that they might just not be like, Rogue Guardians in the way like Ganthet was, that he went up out against the, the rest of them. But like they're probably up to no good. And they might have been making a power grab when they, you know, they orchestrated the, the central power battery. So as the the Kaluans figuring all this out, Joe Lee's because the other Green Lanterns that are now without their rings, they're stuck on Oa, are kind of leading a revolt against the united planets and and um simon's there trying to calm it down they don't want to listen uh badge the little uh squirrel uh lunges at one of the united planets guys and gets tasered which leads almost to a riot and uh joe shows up and is able to to calm it down and basically tells them like hey we're still working with the united planets council but you guys have every right to still be Green Lanterns, um, but I, I need you to start acting like Green Lanterns. So let's start organizing here. Listen to Simon. He speaks for me. Of course, Princess Iolandi doesn't know who Joe is because she's still so new and doesn't really trust her. But um, Iolandi stands down, and um, you know Joe as she as she leaves, you know, is like, I know we're all stressed out, and this is a lot, but. We got to get our shit together or, you know, we're not going to make it. Uh, I'm trying to solve a murder. 
It cuts back to the Kaluan, and she gets blasted with a green badge of energy. And turns out it's uh, the, I always, this name is so messed up. Nemosini, the female guardian, has blasted her um, because she has found evidence that Nemosini is, is tapping into Quardian weapon technology. Um, and that's what they were trying to hide. Um, and now it looks like the Kaluan's dead and she's standing over the body. But then it hints with uh, Ascension to the next one. And like, I am so here for this back half of the story. The John story, man, I have no energy for. And I don't know if this backstory can keep pulling me along. Um, the only reason I read this, I thought Pete would have read it. You know? <laughs> I, Sorry, Matt. I, I that's okay. I, I would have maybe read one, didn't you? Yeah. Maybe I would have read Justice League and we could have had that uh, entertainment this time around and me being very sad. Um, <laughs> uh, instead, I'm just kind of confused and kind of wondering, like where sometimes you want a story to, to wonder where you're going, right? Where it's leading you. That's how I feel at the back half. The other part is I just feel lost in this. Like why Jon Stewart is being tied into the new God stuff. I don't get yet. And I don't know if I even care anymore at this point because because it seems so were sinister for this book yeah 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 i was into the first few issues yeah well because that was a lot more that was a lot more of the united planets and the, the central battery blowing up and them you know being stranded in yeah, in space there was interesting there was interesting developments yeah. and a lot of potential for the stories they could tell but like a, a lot of what they've done with john uh like it was actually fine. It was just that last issue though, with like, oh, you have to learn about what happened with the the the, the guardians before everything. Yeah. You know, like this ancient past you didn't know about. And I just, and at this point, I'm so tired of they have. Yeah, that's where I'm getting the point of. I, I I get a little bit tired of of the guardians can't be trusted. It's like I know we do this every every couple Green Lantern cycles, right? Like, well, like every two years. Yeah, like, and it's just. I get it. And I like these two rogue ones because they're off doing stuff, you know, not with the rest of the guardians, but like, even here, they're, they're hinting that this, you know, the John stuff goes back to Maltus, the, you know, the original, you know, guardian forms, you know, before they started the green lanterns and they're running the Manhunters, And it's just like, man, I'm kind of tired of that. So uh, I'm going to rate this. I'm going to give this a seven and it's mostly for that back half. The, the Santucci stuff. I, I really, the, the art is strong. Um, the Chris Ross art is strong as well, but but yeah, I mean it's got strong art though, Connor. Like you can't you know knock it for that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll give it a seven. Okay. Robin's issue one, Tim Seeley writing or Time Seeley writing, as I've written down here. Uh, yeah. Tim Seeley with a uh, Baldemar Rivas on the R. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so this is an interesting book. It's uh, obviously all the Robins, including Stephanie Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, she was Robin. She was Robin for 70-something days, as is pointed out. Or maybe 45. If you, if you take the suspension time, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> some details here. Uh, yeah, like, I think I, I kind of liked the vibe of this for the most part. And I'm intrigued by this villain by the end who is claiming to be the first Robin. Although I... That, is anyone like feeling something here about like who this is? Like, do you have an idea? No, but this is more stuff from the past that you didn't know about. Uh, I mean, that's how it's being sold, and we all know how we are with Batman stuff I mean, like that. 
I'm not the convinced is whether or not it's real. Yeah, I'm not convinced right. it is. I, I, I'm partly thinking this is like some demented person who. It like, feels like the Robin King from Dark ah, Universe. Yeah, all all I know is because obviously, I don't know what happened with the release system of this, where they're putting them up on DC yeah. Universe. Yeah, they're um, early on the uh, on DCU. Which, that was not advertised anywhere that I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. It, it, confu- uh, it confused us because I think issue two, two came out on DC Universe last week. It did. Uh, so obviously, certain Connor... websites are running spoilers for issue two already, yeah. which I saw before I'd read issue one. Oh, that's a shame. Because oh, it, no. it was in the headline. Um, can, can, I get, can I ask a question? I don't want to be spoiled. Does it get better? Because if it doesn't, I'm going to stop here. I haven't read any further. Uh, I mean, I could. It's right there. But... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, because I, I, the part I didn't like about this, because I, li- I like obviously some of the banter between the characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that like actually using like the real Robins, like I I don't mind them like comic books like sort of like talking about something like so like other books might do a similar thing here where they'll like, they'll they'll go to like real Robins and they'll talk about oh a Robin does this and this and this and it'll somehow mm-hmm. relate to whatever character so and maybe it'll be Dick. Is going through and it'll somehow relate to what a real robin goes through and they'll do something thematic right but this mm-hmm. has actually got a character incorporating robins into their villain plot because they're going after robins and that felt a bit on the nose to me in a way that i didn't quite like <laughs> well not just that but is it because I... they're going after robins or because they are robin we are robin that was a, good that was a, different, that was a whole different book <laughs> so yeah Normally, I like Tim Seeley. I've liked more than I haven't from what I've read. And I, him and King on Grayson, I love. I know he has voices for these characters. I don't know what was wrong with this one. I like the voices for the characters. That's the, that's the strongest part of the issue for me is when they're all sat around the table. But it's the way that it's presented where Dick's like, okay, I'm going to go first because I was the first Robin. And it's very awkward. And the dialogue... Do you know what my biggest, biggest, weirdest thing was? Uh-huh. Why's Dick got a man bun? Right. What's, yeah, he's, he's, his hair's tied back. It's a little random. That, that doesn't like, bother me as much uh, as it him. It bothered me. I'm like, where's this coming from? Everybody at the table, he's the first Rob. They all know. Like, that scene around the table, I get what they were going for. Just the, the way that the exposition was delivered was like me trying to run through tires I, I on a football field. I didn't read it as exposition because i think for me that i mean and technically i suppose it is exposition but it mm-hmm. felt like almost like sibling fan like no, no no i'm the oldest i get to go first i didn't get that vibe though i got it as the way that it was written was let me ask you this matt are you the oldest i am the oldest and you never pulled that no i go shut up and out. listen to me no i shut up and listen to me why because i'm older than you like that no but not like the way that i feel like connor's going after that is like i'm not trying to hold court like <laughs> dick is here you know what i mean like no, but then, he sits okay, somewhere no, around the table that's, sep- that's, sep- that, that's separate that's a separation though so so the yeah. premise here is that dick wants to have a meeting as the robins right yeah. um uh-huh. and then him pulling that i'm the oldest so i'll go like those are two separate things no no, no i know just it was the presentation that i didn't like it's not just it's not what he said it's how he said it 
it the dialogue just does not work for me. It's, okay, I mean that's like if you don't if it doesn't work for you, yeah. it doesn't work for you. But like the, the way you're describing the problem is like yeah. no, 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 it's like a whole different it, thing entirely. Yeah, no, it's when I was sitting there reading it and Dick going, you know, I am the oldest, so I'm gonna go first. I don't know. It just, it doesn't, to me, that doesn't feel like something Dick would say. Uh. It doesn't feel particularly bantery. It feels just like expositional as if someone picked up this book, doesn't know he was the first Robin and now they do. And it's like, Seeley's a better writer than that. At least that's, I feel because yeah. the rest of the book, I think is fine. That stuff around the table though, where he's given the broad strokes of each Robin are so clumsy. And it kind of made me not want to check out any more of these because it was just kind of like, are we going to have, you know, fits and starts like this, you know, or is it going to be more like the beginning where they're fighting anarchy and equipping back and forth? Like well, uh, the, the well, Tim and Damien stuff. Worked. What's funny about that is that I would say I like the idea of them sitting around a table for six issues way more than doing generic action scenes. Me too. Uh, and I enjoyed the action scenes. It makes sense. You open your book with an yeah. action scene. And, and, right. and I, I like the way it sort of introduced each one where it kind of like, you know, it teased like, you know, like someone gets pulled out a panel and then it's like Steph's on the next page. She's the one who pulled him out a panel. You know, it sort of does that and introduces them all one by one, which is fun enough. Um, I don't like the art that much, particularly no. when, they're, when they're sitting around the table. I think they all look a bit off. I mean, you, we mentioned the man bun, but like, yeah. I think they all look a bit just kind of ropey. I think my biggest problem with the yeah. art is when they're out of costume, they all kind of look the same. Except Steph, yeah. obviously. Except Steph, obviously. Right. But, you know, they all look really similar. Yeah. I, I think I can tell that's Dick because he's got a man bun. But that's the only reason I can tell it's Dick. But yeah, but like, Jason needs a little bit more of a, you know, him, Tim, and Damien all have the same haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fine when they're in costume because they've all got different right. outfits. It's just sort of recognizable. Well, like, glance, oh, I but... just want to say, I don't agree that Damien has the same uh, haircut because Damien's haircut, he's basically got that, like, uh, he looks like a character from like a fighting game whose hair's sticking up. Like he's got like a very specific <laughs> thing ah, going. Dragon Ball hair. There you go, or, or, Dragon Ball hair. He looks like Kazuya from Tekken. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I think my bigger problem with the book. So I've got two problems. One is that I, the teases of the villain. I'm not particularly hot on. Uh, yeah. And then the second problem I have with the book is that I don't really know the point of what Dick's trying to do here. What what's motivated him to to do this sort of group therapy? sort of like yeah. you're robins let's talk about it um and i'm sure there probably is a reason that the book will eventually reveal but i i feel like it maybe needs something a little bit more as to like even if we don't know why he's doing it i felt like there needed to be more of a clear goal in mind yeah. I, I agree with that i think there should have been some sort of inciting incident it, it feels like this should have spun out of a main book where mm. you know batman had done something to piss them all off again you know because when they tease, hey. when they tease early on, when he says, "Hey, I, you know, we're we're finally doing this thing tomorrow, right?" And then it, you know, mm -hmm. get, it, so it, it implies that, that he's been wanting to do this for a while. And then they're all around the table. I thought, you know, for a brief moment before he actually started talking, that oh, maybe this is going to be something like uh, they're they're all going to set up something for Bruce, or you know, like I, I know that I was thinking it was something stupid as a surprise birthday yeah. party. But the idea <laughs> being that there'd be a reason that they'd all want to get together as Robins yeah. to plan something or something. Yeah, it, it reminds me of. Do you know when uh, Snyder did uh, Death of the Family? Mm -hmm. And it promised all this massive, all this fallout was going to affect oh. everyone. And then it went straight into zero years. So we didn't see any of it for like a year. Yeah. And it just right. like, had no impact. This feels like if this was spinning yeah. out of that, essentially, uh -huh. like, okay, right, we're all Robins. Let's come and let's talk about what this means to us as a family, as, as Robins. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, feels like a, it feels like a result of coming out of one of those or like, styles. Or, like, 
family therapy were with absentee dad. I was like, I tried to talk to him. Also, he, he doesn't I, want to talk. He doesn't want to talk to us. There's something so we're going to talk to each other. There's something kind of off about the the premise a little bit as well of including Steph, and it's not that I don't think she necessarily should shouldn't be included, but the problem is is that Steph's tenure as Robin is so short and it's so different to everyone else's that if you're going to include Steph, I would argue that if the whole idea of this is that people Batman's taken under his wing, Babs is more valid than she is to be at but this she meeting. She's never Robin. Well, that, that, that's the point, right? though. If no, it's just uh, about the name, then it has right. to be. Like, if it's about the trauma of being a Batman sidekick, it can't just be about the name Robin. It has to, like. Right. Uh, it, well, <laughs> it, it has to be about the name Robin because that's what, what links it to the villain, right? It, it, it's very <laughs> contrived in that sense. Yeah, it's contrived. It, yes, that's well, the that's the word. It's contrived. <laughs> we all know how I feel about, uh, about Duke and how he doesn't get used until you know outsiders. Duke was a Robin too. A a second. Like, like, I, I, I feel like there's no way to justify. The point we are Robin. There's no, there's no way to justify that it's just the Robins, or, or all of the the characters, so all the Batgirls right. as well. Uh, like, it, it feels like this weird murky thing. Steph in particular, because at least if it's the four boys, it's kind of like okay, they They're do brothers. feel, they feel like a set. They feel like the brothers. They feel right. more connected. But to include <laughs> Steph, it's like well, Cass and Bab should be here too. <laughs> like this should be. If you if you take out, I, I know where to place this. Then, if we're talking about an an incident that led, you know, that with Bruce disappointing them, this is this is in my head now. If you take out Steph, <laughs> remember when when Bane hung them all in the Batcave? They were like, <laughs> how they survive? <laughs> this is them coming to terms with that. Uh, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, oh man. Yeah, it, it just I did get some laughs though with, with like Connor said with the banter like with Steph yeah. talking like yeah like I was forty five days. It's contrived know? once I got once you get past that, but once you get past that yeah. setup and the, the awkwardness, yeah. I think it's a relatively fun read. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I would I would concur with that. I actually kind of like the. Uh, so like it's, it's like an old villain. So it's basically they find out all of their original villains have been killed, and then they, they figure. So this old guy is here's like one of their original. He seems to have turned into a fairly good guy because he's there to warn them, but he right. gets sniped through the window. So we have this sort of dark ending where they're all kind of like you know jumping to the floor mm-hmm. and like who is this? And then we see like this you know the first Robin quote unquote uh, you know perched on a rooftop. Uh, like the actual way the action of that scene plays out, I thought was pretty good. And I do like some of the banter, but I think like the setup for this is, is kind of vague and convoluted that I, I don't like it was kind of lingering the entire time for me. Uh yeah. and then like some of the like the villain like depending on which way it goes, it might be fine. Because like if if it is just like this is some crazy person connected to the early days of when Robin existed, then cool. If it's maybe from the Dark Multiverse stuff, then yeah, that could work. But like all the stuff with like the, the the first scene where it's like we're in like the UK somewhere and it's the UK because they say dial nine nine nine. Yeah. And that, someone that threw me for a moment. Yeah. I'm so used to reading or hearing now on one, even though, even though I think that does technically work here. If you dial it, it it will reroute anyway. But oh well, okay, that's interesting. I, I think I think they implemented that because people, you know, when they panic, just dial whatever comes to mind and obviously because tv and movies because tv and movies yeah. have proliferated that idea so much even over here people panic and ring 911 that's pretty funny uh i because because i actually went back to because it's only the second page that, that that line's there and i went back to the first page because i thought 
wait did this have a caption saying what it was and it didn't but i was like oh i guess it's in the uk <laughs> but there's a whole thing where it's like the villain puts a grenade in a robin's nest and yeah yeah okay <laughs> so reasons yeah. Well, so, and that 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 ties into the if this is the first Robin that was cast aside, this is kind of them picking that that first hatchling mm-hmm. and destroying the rest of the nest, right? Like I'm not going to let you fall aside. Why, like why I is was. the first Robin English? I don't know. Uh, is this going to be a? This was a, a. See, you can't even do it was a Robin on one of his travels. You know, like when he was training because mm. he wasn't Batman yet, right? Until he comes back to Gotham. <laughs> How many kids does Bruce have that we don't know about though? I, like, <laughs> it could be a very long list, let's be honest. And also, like, I also like to think the idea of Robin is tied innately to Dick Grayson, right? And that was, a, like, a family thing. Mm-hmm. So the idea of there being a first Robin that predates him is kind of, like... This is especially jarring as... I mean, you guys spoke about it, I think, last week or before, but did you just read Robin and Batman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that had, you know, the identity of Robin... Yeah, you know, and and that's obviously not sh- strictly in continuity, but like I, I think most that, of his that, that adheres to the idea yeah. of Robin, right? Whereas and then now this kind of feel like throws this in. It's like this is kind of weird now. That this feels like it's just on concept. Feels a little just out of place with anything else we're doing right now. I'm very hopeful that this is a scenario of they're not actually the first Robin. This oh, is for sure, yeah. Some yeah. crazy person Pretty, who doesn't know what they're you, doing. You mean the the book that's only being printed because it won an internet contest is a little disjointed? Do you know what's so funny is that we kind of assumed that when the, that tournament thing happened, that a lot of these pitches must just be have been sitting around, and it does kind of feel because like, yeah. this feels like it might have just been sitting around from like five, maybe even like way more than that. Like it could be ten years old. This 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 premise, and I do wonder because what's so different from now compared to the New 52 era, era when it feels like this might have, you know, been an idea for like a, a minute, a uh, standalone mini? spinning out of Death of the Family scenario might well, no, not no, no. Have been I, so wild. I honestly think right. it was spinning out of that thing, but like it could have been a standalone mini idea back then or whatever. But the reason why I think it, it sticks out to me that it felt like it comes from that kind of era is that it sticks out now because we don't really need this. Like, for the first time, well, it's been a while now, but we've had a good couple of years, but for a long time, we were all gagging for that classic Bat family. We wanted mm-hmm. Steph and Tim and Dick and like these characters working together and the Batgirls as well. And we have actually a good thing of it right now where we have a Robin book with Damien. We have Nightwing. We have Batgirls coming out. We have all these characters all sharing a world and they're in the best place they've been in a long, long, long time. So this book mm-hmm. right now feels like we don't really need it. Like, we don't have that thirst yeah. because we're getting it in the main comics, and it's better in the main comics than this is, quite frankly. So, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's kind of in a weird place where it doesn't feel like it's needed. But, I mean... It's uh, not bad, though. Like, yeah, like, it's not bad. Thing, like, say, it's, it's convoluted, yeah. and it's got this weird baggage to it. But it's still mostly quite enjoyable to read. Um, yeah. You know... Like, he, yeah. Uh, how much did you like Damien calling out uh, Tim for calling himself the Drake? <laughs> that, that's the that's the one thing that tells us it's set. You know, at the very yeah. least, they updated some dialogue because they put in a yeah. dig about the Drake. Yeah, I, 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 I did that love that. Stephanie Brown's in it means it has to have been a updated version because obviously that would have happened during the New Fifty Two. Sure, no, sure. But yeah. She wasn't around. Um, but I, I I did like that because apparently Bendis was the only one that thought that was a good idea. Um, even... Literally, no one else thought that was. A well, good this, idea. this is not the yeah. first time a comic has made a dig at that name. Like, does that happen yeah, a couple I... of times now? 
from yeah. other writers. So I think it was Williamson in uh, in another book. Um, yeah, so. it might have been in might have been in Robin when they all showed up in that one issue. Yeah, it wasn't um, a super tough read. So as long as the week's not too busy when issue two comes out, like yeah, I'll probably still give the second issue. I, a go, I, but. I'm giving this one more issue. And then if it doesn't, if it's still it's the dialogue, right? Yeah. Yeah, but if the dialogue's still more of this, then I'm gonna be a little bit, you know. Yeah, I was expecting to like it more. Like Robin and Batman was a much bigger hit for me uh, last. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I know I didn't speak about that. I'm like, that's not really the tone now, but yeah. oh, oh, I love that. Yeah. Are you liking a Jeff Lemire? <laughs> I would never go. Shocking, isn't it? All right, let's move on. Oh. I just want to read this, don't we? Uh, <laughs> rate, 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 Rob. Uh, 5.5. Connor. A bit more generous than that, but not, you know, I'm not in love with it. It is a 6.5 for me. Yeah, I agree with the 6.5. Yeah, I think 6.5. Connor's going to go 6. <laughs> <laughs> I did think about it. I, just, I already have my number in mind, but I did yeah. think about saying it just when I said that first bit. Yeah, all right. So, Supergirl, Women of Tomorrow, issue 5, Tom King rating, Dilchris Evely on the R. This is a story of our main character, uh, Ruthie, I think. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ruthie. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like they don't say her name enough because I, I, I've just not learned it. Uh, but this is basically the villain, Krell. He uses this magic orb that he is... Uh, Krem, sorry. Uh, that he's got because... She explains in the narration that you have to actually have murdered lots of people for the purpose uh-huh. of like, getting the power to actually get this magic orb. But this orb transports Supergirl and her to a planet, which I assume is a, a deep pull from Superman lore. Uh, I believe it is. Yeah. But we get so, Superman on the line. So they get uh, yeah. <laughs> they get to this planet that has a green sun, and it's effectively kryptonite sunlight uh, that is hurting Supergirl. Um, and it's a story of 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 Ruthie having to kind of look after her while she's passed out as they're waiting for sunset, because that's when she'll get her powers back and they can fly off and get out of here. So it's a story of her having to like sort of like take the sword, fight off some weird alien dinosaur things. And just kind of survive, um, and that's the that's the issue. But it is kind of an enjoyable issue, and and in that, it is. I love way. the spin of it. Like the the idea of oh no, we're gonna wait for the sun to go away, is the complete opposite of almost every other mm. Superman uh-huh. or Supergirl story where the sun is the, the saving grace, right? Yeah, and I you know I I actually kind of like the there's been a few digs in this story from from Kara about Clark, and I kind of liked a couple of them in this one, which is uh. Uh, one saying, "Don't tell him that I taught you how to say shit." You get judgy. Yeah. And the other one being is that early on in the story, she says, "Yeah, Clark was here, and he you know, he almost died. He said it was closer to death than even Doomsday." But the Justice League came and saved him. And she's like, "Oh, how long did he survive before that?" And she's like, "Uh, forty-five minutes." And it's like, "Wait, how long do we have till sunset? Uh, about ten, eleven hours." And at the end of the issue, when she finally gets her strength back, and she's still kind of weak, but she's enough to save because Ruthie's about to get eaten by the big monster. And mm-hmm. she just sort of like says, "Forty-five minutes. What a bitch!" <laughs> like that's what yeah. she says. Oh, it made me laugh. Bitch. That made me laugh so much. Yeah. <laughs> this planet name yeah that was funny uh that that really got me so uh but a lot of it is the main character narrating and talking about the struggle and she's like fighting off this sort of smaller dinosaur early on with the sword and she she actually feels quite proud she's like you know i don't mean to brag but i actually feel kind of chuffed that i was able to fight this thing off um and she talks about almost falling asleep herself and it's just this constant like please sun go down like please get there uh, I, I was almost expecting like a, a, a sad twist where it was like the pitch black planet where that would like almost go down, but then the second sun would <laughs> would rise. 
<laughs> the one that got me is if it was a uh, a twin sun planet, you know, like it goes down and then just keeps coming right mm. back up. That's basically yeah. what I just said. Peter. <laughs> well, no, you said a pitch black planet. That's yeah. different. Those monsters come out. I, I just spent I just spent multiple yeah. suns. That's all. That's all. Oh, I meant. gotcha. <laughs> I haven't seen pitch black in twenty years, so I didn't know there's multiple suns on that planet. Yeah, there's three suns on that planet. Oh shoot! There you go. Yeah, and, and that's why the eclipse is so rare. But every so every ever many years, they have the eclipse. Is that what it is? That's it's the eclipse. That's shoot, man. Yeah, it's been forever. <laughs> it's been a while since Matt watched. I, I I don't think most people remember the details of the the premise. To, to Not that Pete movie. though. Pete Pete remembers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's an easy premise to remember. There's three suns, but every several years there's a total eclipse, and bec- and the lights what keeps the monsters kept in the caves because the sunlight hurts them. Simple. Literally, all people remember is nighttime, dark monsters. Yeah, uh, that's, Vin Diesel can see in the dark. Uh, they have to let him off, even though he's a dangerous criminal, because he's uh, the only one that can help them. Yeah. Um. So, really focused issue, and I, I think that's been a really good mm-hmm. part of this this series. Is I, each issue has felt like really focused in its own story. Mm-hmm. I I, think I really liked it. It focuses on more scattershot. Uh, for me, because I remember, I think, uh-huh. I think it was last issue anyway, because that was the one I didn't like as much, where it had like the three or four different stories in it. Oh, that was the last one, because yeah. the last one was the one where they find all the the bodies and stuff, right? Uh, might have been the one. No, before, I don't. Uh... I think you guys, you guys haven't flipped. The blue and the purples were the one before. Oh, was it? Okay. And then the last one was the one Connor was talking about with oh, the. Okay, okay. It was like the trials of Kara's or L. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the one I, I wasn't as keen on. To, I, I really appreciate yeah. this one being a return to just. Um, yeah, I actually, I like. Story. I love when they land on the planet and it's just the, the giant like dinosaur foot like mm-hmm. is like comes down on top of them and Kara has to hold it up, but then realizes, oh shit, I'm getting weak. We have to yeah. go and do something. Just, just something I find really interesting about the the coloring in this issue, mm-hmm. and and this is not a complaint. This is so I realize the sun's green. But the whole mm-hmm. most of the most of the book it's still like reds and yellows that that we're kind of playing with. Uh, that that it feels like you sure there's a, the green ish tint to the sky, but mm-hmm. most of the color palette is still in those warm colors. And then when it gets to night and they're flying away at the end, that's when everything looks green. Even though it's safe now and the green you know the the green sun is, is gone, mm-hmm. that's what that's the most green the book looks in in the entire issue. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I love Supergirl waking up Delirious at one point with the pterodactyl-like things and going, what's that? Is that a bird? No, it's a plane, yeah. and then she passes back out again. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do like that this one focused on Ruthie mm-hmm. and about her and how basically it's because of her time with Kara that she's almost able to get the courage to even pick up the sword against that dinosaur to save her yeah. because of what Kara's been doing. And, and I, I do like that it shows the growth of her as a character and it's a big deal that we have a story where she has to save Kara at some point during mm-hmm. this journey, and that's what this this part yeah. is. Um, um, she has to stay, stay and defend her, and that that's like a big step forward, I think, for for the character. Yeah. And then and then her with the delirious wanting to go to the water because she's so thirsty, but you know Ruthie's like we we don't know what's in the water. You're not like you could die. Uh, I was getting vibes from uh, at least the book version of um, of Harry Potter. Of book six with Dumbledore okay, and getting yeah. delirious and Harry having to guide him through the thing. And it's just the flip on, you know, this person that you're so used to protecting you, you now have to protect them. Um, you know, just beyond the sword, her actually talking to her and trying to reason with her 
Uh, I just, and I there's, really there's like a moment that. where she has to stand up to her and be like, no, yeah. no, no, you said we're not going to the water. So right. sit back down. Yep. Yeah. I just, I really, really, uh, that yeah, really her, resonates. Her, her confidence and all that is, is a really strong part of the issue. Uh, yep. yeah. No, it's really, it's really solid. It's really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the art's really pretty, uh, as it has yeah, been consistently. Um, yeah. Uh, we're running a little bit short in time, so I'm going to move this one up a bit mm-hmm. briskly, but I feel like this one's a, a bit more straightforward, so, mm-hmm. uh, Easy enough to cut this one yeah. down a bit. Uh, so what are you rating Supergirl Wound of Tomorrow issue 5, Matt? 8.5. Connor? Yeah, 8.5 for me as well. Yeah, 8.5. Uh, so this is the trinity of 8.5, so what would you want? Uh, uh, There's been a lot of lining up going on this week. I don't like it. This has been happening the last couple of weeks too. That's because I wasn't here to ruin it all. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're we're, we're uh, all next... learning at the same time that rating things is dumb. I've always known this. No, 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 that's not what's happening here, Matt. That's, that's, what's that's, that's what you interpret it as. Yes. What's happening is uh-uh. that uh, we're rating things similar because we have, like, we're recognizing similar quality. It just means we're more in tune than before. That's I, don't, that I like that. I don't want to be in tune with you two. <laughs> well, tough. <laughs> I am counterpoint to you two. All right. Not anymore. Let us move on to Refrigerator Full of Heads, issue two, Real Years uh, with Tom Fuller on the art. Mm-hmm. So I dug the first issue of this, the pulpy, the shark head, all that stuff. Yeah. This issue ties it back into the, the first story a bit more. We meet uh, June again, who's uh, working at a daycare center uh, in another part of the country. But we basically get that the, the Baker gang in Brody Island and these like fake FBI agents who come to speak to her both work for the same uh, big baddie who wants the axe. Mm-hmm. So they actually end the, the issue by kidnapping her and saying we're on our way to Brody Island. So that's kind of the bookend with her. Uh, it was nice to see her again, though. Um, yeah, you know, it was. It was I mean, and, and considering that she she is the one that threw the axe out, right? That she yeah. crossed the bridge. Um, so of course she was the last one with it. That's why they would be going after her. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Baker Gang stops our main couple from this. Uh, you know, was it was it uh, Cal and? Uh-huh. Where are uh, their names? Our name. Yeah, I don't know names yet. Uh, but a lot of it's this big fight scene where the Baker stop them, uh, show their tire, and. They, they're beating the crap out of him a little bit, but then, of course, they find the axe. They know what the axe is, which then ties them into, like, oh, like, this is for our boss. Like, they're here looking for the axe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're still teasing what they're, the couple are here for. Clearly, there's more to it than just um, on vacation. But uh-huh. uh, the woman grabs the axe and just starts decapitating them, <laughs> like, without giving it much thought either, which really suggests that they, they do have some sort of background where they're they're more capable of and willing to like start killing people in moments yeah. of danger. Yeah, and I also like to think that the axe just has that quality because we saw kind of the same June. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. Like once once the axe starts going through skin, it doesn't stop until the head's gone. Um, and and I like that. And the the guy that tumbles down when, when oh yeah, Cal my my favorite part of him. this yeah is the uh-huh. the bald guy biker who gets his head cut off and he tumbles down to the beach. And then he, he tries to move, so he starts rolling his head uh-huh. to get to safety and get away yeah. from the seagulls. It's actually that this part, much like the shark in the first issue, this guy trying to move himself and then almost getting hit by the truck in the road as he's rolling his head around is really yeah. funny to me. Uh, and him like bouncing around and all the rest of it. <laughs> I'm going f the open road. I'm going cross country. Okay, you, you figure it out, my guy. Um, yeah. yeah, there's just a sense of humor to this series that. Like we talked about how 
it does feel like an 80s horror franchise that they're too like the tones are a little bit different from the first one to this one is this one feels like it's playing a little bit more with the comedy aspect than the first mm-hmm. one did for sure um, and, yeah. and i appreciate that um yeah, and also if i remember right go ahead I was going to say, the other two heads they take back uh, for information, they threaten to throw them out of the shark's mouth uh, and then put them in the uh, the, the titular refrigerator. Uh, yep. And that's the main thing. And, and the head that's rolling around is still trying to get to his boss. So yeah. that's pr- presumably going to be a plot point that comes up. Uh, yeah. yeah. But so they, they bring up the, when they go to put the heads in, like, what about the other Norse ar- artifacts that have gone missing? Like the belt of Jorgen... Oh, man. Jormungandr, which is actually Thor's belt. That's how he's able to lift heavy things. And the Sword of Hungin and Munin, which uh, is some more uh, yeah. mythology and, stuff. And they also mentioned the dagger from like the start yeah, of issue from one. The first from the couple that got and, murdered, yeah. And these guys, the bikers won't talk because um, they don't know anything about that. But, but yeah, no, I just, I like that. But as I was going to say, I remember breezing through the, the backup. I still need to find if it's collected somewhere that Joe Hill wrote that brought in the origin. It was the the werewolf book. The Sea Dogs. The Sea Dogs, yeah. Mm. I'm sure that, it was collected somewhere. That, uh, though, that, that ties the axe, as we saw in that. I remember thumbing through that when we were reading all the Hill House books. Um, the origin of this axe. And I'm just wondering if that plays into this. You know, if this is doing its own thing. Because um, if so, that's, that's pretty cool. It's very Stephen King-esque, you know, pulling pulling pieces from other stories and Doing stories around it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this issue. I, I did too. Uh, and the art's really pulping fun, you know, the head bouncing around and rolling around, yeah. being the notable one. But even just like when they're, yeah. they're threatening the other heads by like sort of holding it in front of the shark's mouth. Yeah. And it's the, this is like the, the, the panels coming from inside the shark's mouth. So you see all the yeah. teeth around the edges, but you just see all the, all the lettering that say going chomp, 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 chomp. Uh-huh. Like it's just really fun, yep. really pleasant. Uh, it's a good time. What are you giving it, Matt? Uh, I am giving this an eight. Yeah, I think I will too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, probably just turn on Matt because he hates when we line up on Real quick, Matt, good news, bad news. Good news, Sea Dogs was collected. Oh, bad good. news, it was exclusive as a graphic novel to the Hill House box set. Well, I'm going to have to check secondhand stores and see if uh, someone brought it in. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thank you, sir. You want it, you have to get all of them. Which I guess is yeah. how it worked in singles as well. You have to buy all the singles yeah. of everything. So oh, was... this this had uh, 14 extra pages as well that weren't ever printed oh. in singles. So yeah, even if you bought all the singles and then you wanted the end of the Sea Dog story, yeah, have to buy the box set. That's well, kind of dirty pool on their part. Like, if they're trying mm. to sell box sets, but... Sketchy. Yeah. Sketchy. All right, but uh, we have a more interesting horror book to, to discuss here. The Nice House in the Lake, issue six, James Tyne the Fourth and Alvaro Martinez on the art. And we obviously the end of the last issue was that Reggie was inside the the, the, the creepy second house, right? The weird building yep. with no entrance. And this issue he has them come in. Now not all of them know who he is. Uh, some no. of them do, some of them don't, depending on you know, where in the lives they knew. So it seems like from what we know from Walter and his group of friends, if we think of them like concentric rings, right? Like, this is the first ring. So if Walter's in the middle, this was, like, the first group of friends, right? It was Reg and Norm and the other guy that we see, the photographer, right? Yeah. Mm. And then everyone else kind of comes in in other concentric rings. And so I like that this is now focusing on that first group, and that's what this issue is. Yeah, um, and, like, you know, the, the, things in. 
the issue starts with like him sort of enjoying the, the air and the rain but it invites them all in and obviously they're like okay you just said that we still have a chance to save the world like explain yourself and we see like inside this place it's it kind of looks like the big foyer of like a like a like a like a building that look like a like an office building like a big foyer but instead mm-hmm. of having like foyer things it's just a couch and like a bed and like you know whatever he's had in there so he's been kind of still just living in here and we find out that he's like had the transcripts like he he's not doing them but he's been reading them so it kind of t- out on like this old style printer yeah so it, it's kind of tying in that 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 mechanic that we've been seeing into the plot a little bit which is nice um and I got super nostalgia here when we started seeing the, the chat windows because it looked like Windows XP, and that was like my first computer, Windows XP. So <laughs> you didn't have a computer before XP. No. Ah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm sitting over here on Windows ninety eight, but I'll keep that quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was on ninety eight. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a computer when I was ten, and it was Windows XP. Oh, ah, fair enough. I thought by the time you were 10, XP was... Oh, no, no, sorry, 11. 11, I was 11. Okay. Either way, let's keep keep it going. (laughs) Um, So, a lot of this one is a a little bit more flashback heavy. uh, Yeah. Because it gets into this this teenage time in their lives. And it sets up that Reggie, like, Walter revealed that he was attracted to Reggie. And Reggie... Kind of turned him down. We're still friends, but it's a little bit awkward, and that's kind of what they're talking about a lot in these these flashback stories. But what this turns out to be is like Waller did reveal to them who he was to to an extent. He didn't explain everything, but he said a lot of it. And mm-hmm. we find out that he he told them. In fact, he told Reggie multiple times, but every time he told them, he erased his memory. Yeah, he did. He did the blinky thing. Yeah, been in black. Yeah. <laughs> so. We get this sort of backstory where we see their dynamic and their interaction with each other. And, I, you know, this, this was really strong character work where it's like, oh, I kind of want to tell you guys something. Can we hang out this weekend? And they're kind of worried that it's going to be more romantic stuff. Like, is this going to be awkward? Are you trying to, like, like make a move on him again or something? Because uh, Reggie does seem to be quite cool with it and is kind of, like, letting it go. But we get, like, the sense of humor and stuff. that They're kind of joking. Because the third guy's not gay, so they're kind of, like, joking him about the him being the pet hetero and things like that. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot of good back and forth in the character work. Um, so you really get a sense of who they were at this time. And every so often it comes back to, to this stuff and the other characters, like, I don't remember any of this, like, you know, this, this, these conversations are building up to this weekend. Uh, and Walter tells them that the world's going to end, right? Not, not like, in the next couple of weeks. It's got a couple of decades, right? Which yeah. lines up. But this whole thing's an experiment and it's like, he has to get a group of exceptional people who will prove to be a good focus group. Um, and Reggie's theory, based on like what he was told there, is that if they're not being that functional and they're not, you know, they're kind of like trying to break out and they're mm-hmm. fighting and the things aren't going super well that maybe they've not proven to be an adequate group yet, so therefore the actual world-ending event has not been triggered. Like, they've not done yeah. it yet because they've not actually found the right group, potentially. Yeah. Right. And also, the way that Norm, who's the writer, had described the end of the world, how how he thought it was going to end, is what we saw back at the end of the first issue. Yeah, yeah. With the skin globs and just... Like, you tell Tynan was having a lot of fun with that character of describing, you know you know, some super gross body melting stuff. Um, but it's, it's where it was super interesting was 
that's the version that they saw, but it didn't register with them at the time. At least if it did, we didn't get to get that perspective. Um, I think they were a bit but, too caught up in the horror of it. Yeah, yeah that, that too. But um, but it was the other artist that picked up on the end of the world scenarios because of all the talks that she had had with Walter. And, it, and it's just worth mentioning as well as that conversation in this book is it's a fairly mm-hmm. throwaway, just jokey conversation. Of, yeah. Because it's, 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 it, it turns into, oh, it's all goop. Nothing but goop. I'm an expert on right. goop. But it's just this jokey, mm-hmm. stupid, dumb teenage conversation. Mm-hmm. So you totally buy that he would remember he said this. No, like, yeah, I know. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting too that as they're starting to piece things together, that might be something that pops back up, you know, because like, like Reg pointed out, because again, why would Walter keep Reg away? Like I know that he cares about Reg, right? Well, I think that's it, I think that's the my speculation yeah. as to why he kept. I don't think Reg is supposed to be part of this experiment anymore. But Walter yeah. wanted to keep him alive, so he sort of hid him in a sec, you know, a separate little thing, little compartment. Yeah, and that that's my thing. And now that that because they're not functional, and because the photographer went and found the second house while interning, this is what's throwing the wrinkles into everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but then at the end of this, you know, the, the, they're all memory wiped and it's back to square yeah. one. Yeah, because Walter yeah. shows up and is like, you know, which yeah, you you think this is going to have you you think you're going to challenge the system here and get like an outcome, but it's not going to work. He tries to tell them that it's all futile, uh, and wipes them all. And which you know, the the last page shows that Reggie's now part of the household. Like he's now been yeah. incorporated into the experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they yes. Clearly, just think he's been there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't expecting him to wipe everyone because we're halfway through the story now. But and I thought, oh, maybe like that'd be turning things back too much. But then again, I have no idea what they're doing for the rest of this. So I think no, that's but... still interesting because we know a lot now, so yeah. we'll be picking up on things still. So it's fine for us as a reader. I don't think it'll be frustrating. Right. Um, maybe maybe if it was did this a lot, but it's you know this is the first time it's done this. It kind of gets to to pull that, and I think we've got to. A break for a few months now to kind of yeah. sit yeah. on this. Yeah, it's um, a decent, this is a decent issue to have a break after, but yeah, because it it's not too cliffhangery, right? No, but it, there's a little bit one, but, but it, it interests a lot to the story to let us mull over and yeah. kind of. Uh, I I do think it may be worth rereading the first six before mm-hmm. the seventh one hits. Probably it's pretty Try dense. To together, yeah, yeah. but uh, good stuff. Yeah, this one definitely felt like lost to me in that way where. Oh, you think you have everything figured out? We're gonna we're gonna reset things, and now it's a new, you know. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that a lot of what we hear in this is kind of Reggie speculation. So I, I suspect mm-hmm. that it's partially true, but there's probably right. some of these getting wrong. Because yeah. we do know that that Reg knows a lot. Yeah. Right. Like like he because he went years without having being mind wiped in the same way. You know, like knowing right. a lot of this stuff. Like I said, he he helped design some of it. He's kind of been mm-hmm. in on it. So I, I suspect most of it's true i would think but maybe there, there there's some details some things some motivations that, that that's where he's wrong yeah um so i'm i'm very curious i i think it's making the mystery more intriguing and one of the things that's maybe sometimes hard with stories like this is that the more you reveal stuff it may start to feel like it's it's losing its luster or maybe it's getting like to try and keep up the mystery it becomes more convoluted and i think this is kind of keeping the same like core few ideas that are making up the mystery and jumble them up a little bit in the sense that, okay, well, we kind of understand this part now, but 
there's that maybe a different reason for it than before, or maybe the idea that uh, this could just be a trial run for the real thing, so it's not mm-hmm. actually like these are some interesting things to throw into the mix here. There's some interesting wrenches been yeah. thrown in. So, uh, Arch really nice. The, the the flashback where he tells him what's going on, and it's also like yeah. his face, but split up into the different panels. Yeah. Yeah, I thought oh, nice. that the, the flashback art, too, is subtly different than the current day stuff, too. Mm. Like, there's slightly different coloring and inking and stuff, and it, so it makes it feel distinct. And I was like, is this still a bueno? Like, and... I think it is, yeah. No, no, it is. But as I was reading it, it made me second guess. That's how much it was changed. It, but it was still close enough. But just that I, shift I, that it just makes it feel different. Yeah, and I like that. So yeah, and as and this is definitely the most flashback heavy issue because like mm-hmm. it, it, it just goes back to those extended flashbacks for like probably a good two thirds of it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's good stuff, and uh, you know, you're kind of excited to see how these other characters are going to. I mean, I, I think the fact that one of the characters has tried to kill themselves right and they've kind of figured out that they can't is a clear sign that this group is breaking down that this isn't working um yeah definitely not stable yeah yeah which was the word that was used a stable group uh right. but he, he did mention that they'll have to be exceptional in their field so it kind of like ties back into why we have these 12 roles that are distinct to justify right. it yeah. yeah but but if reg is in the house now that means we have two artists too yeah yeah so how's that gonna offset things and what does that say that maybe there should be like, are there two artists in there but Zella did, we see, the, did we see the yeah. other one still there at the end i don't well, remember no but you would remember that the reason that she was invited is because reg couldn't make it and so the fact that reg couldn't make it to me means walter had already secluded him away right but now that he's included yeah but now, in yeah group, now that he's there maybe right? she's gone maybe maybe she's, if that's the case maybe she's she in the, the room first, but maybe, and that's, you know, she was the first character we were introduced to, and we know she was by the the um, uh, statue at the beginning. You know, when, when it looks like everything's gone to shit. Yeah, well, that's what background. I'm saying. Maybe she's in the weird second yeah. building now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe she'll she's eventually break out. Away. Yeah, so. Right. Uh, maybe not. Maybe we'll find out, uh, yeah. presumably, uh, when it comes back. Uh, I mm-hmm. do think I'm going to try and read the first six issues again right before issue seven hits, though, because I feel like there's so many details and characters moving around that I think I want I, to. I'd like to, whether or not I'll have the time in that point. Well, <laughs> He yeah, says after he read, it. like, four weeks of books this week. <laughs> I had a week off this week. Okay, fair point. But <laughs> uh, All right, now, really good issue. Good place to leave it. Uh, if, there, if I have to have a break, it was a good one to leave it on. So, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, what are you giving Nice House in the Lake issue six? 8.5. Connor. I'm gonna give it an eight. 8.5, I'll agree with Matt on this. <laughs> Why is it so important to you that we have different numbers? Because we're different people, Pete, and if we keep having the same opinions, I don't like it. Alright, well, just to wrap up, there's one more book. Everyone, it's patreon.com slash TV. You can make myself or Connor read a book at one of the higher tiers. Connor's going to discuss Harley Quinn issue eight. Yeah, this is still a Fear State tie-in. Topical, Shock- then. Yeah, shockingly dense. Um, also, I know that the next issue's not out till next week, uh, so this this ends on a to-be-continued. So that's a bit of a weird like scheduling thing with Fear State, it I guess. It could be an aftermath. It's just Harley and Ivy afterwards. It could be. Given where this ends, I'm not entirely convinced. Mm. Uh, there are basically like two major plot threads in this. Uh, you've got 
all of the Harley stuff, it's it's Harley with, you know, the Ivy and Catwoman and Gardner and, you know, setting up where we were, you know, before they all showed up in, you know, the, the main Fear State books where they, you know, where they actually got there and they're having a big fight with Keepsake and there's a lot of just, you know, banter back and forth that, you know, Keepsake then pulls out his his group of knockoffs that we've seen him building over the last few issues and big fight ensues and that's that's part of where it says to be continued is is during that fight is they're all fighting the the knockoffs and it, that stuff's fine it's it's not great the arts Rosmo so <laughs> you know his action scenes are not particularly compelling um and it, it feels a bit it's a bit awkward because there's a lot of recapping there's a lot of exposition there's a lot of harley going to you know everyone else going oh this is keepsake this is what his gimmick is this is kind of what's up and this is it's everything from the last like four issues i'm like yeah i read those four issues i, I don't need to read three pages of recap about them now um those, those gimmicks a weird word to hear from connor considering he doesn't like wrestling so <laughs> it's just gimmicks weird. are not exclusive to wrestling yes they are Sure, sure, Matt. Yeah, Counterpoint, uh... you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to argue for that. So, sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the other half of the issue focuses on Kevin, who has decided he wants to be more like Harley and wants to be a vigilante himself. So he gets like a some sort of makeshift outfit, a balaclava, and his weapon of choice is a hockey stick. So yeah, now we're out. talking. Yeah, he goes out to try and save oh, someone. Oh, that's perked up. There's a hockey stick mention. Yeah, he tries to save some woman from the uh, the peacekeepers. And then she, like, completely handles herself anyway. And Kevin just stands there and watches. And doesn't do a great job of anything, really. He's like, yeah, yeah, you you, you got this. Uh, they do go, you know, kind of like almost a team up between this random woman and Kevin. And like, oh, let's go see him. It ends with him running in towards a, a burning building to try and help try and be better a better person than he was and that's most of that stuff it's again it's fine kevin's a weird character he's, he's very much been the viewpoint character of this this run i still don't really care for him but it's trying it's trying to do something with him i guess I, that. I mean it's ballsy uh, crossing over with the home alone universe and having kevin McAllister in the first place Yes, yes. This guy definitely looks like Kevin McAllister. Is he a yeah. sociopathic? I, I would just like to say, I'm pretty sure this is in the... Yeah, yeah. if you go to so, the preview pages on Comixology, yeah. the second page will we'll have a look at what Kevin looks like in his outfit with the hockey stick. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you can you can see for yourself what this guy is looking That's like. Right. Uh, uh, the only other little bit in this is uh, a little bit of Hugo Strange. He's dealing with his headquarters. You know, everything's going wrong. Fear State's kind of you know, going a bit tits up. You know, Crane, you know, he's like, ah, oh, Crane's destroying Gotham. Uh, yeah, we can't leave any evidence. And he's still dressed up as Batman at this point. Um, and uh, he's like, I'm, I'm going to destroy my own place and burn everything and kill all my staff because uh, I'm not leaving any evidence whatsoever. And that's the end of that. Again, yeah, that's in the uh, to be continued stuff as well. Like, which is why this, this feels so weird, like that this will finish after Fear State. I mean, I suppose it comes out. I'm assuming with the Omega issue, hmm. but it mm. feels like it definitively takes place within 
the first eight tie-ins. Like it, it feels like that final issue should have come out this week, maybe, and been read before. Yeah, Batman as well, like Nightwing. So it's a bit strange that editorials kind of kind of shifted that around a bit. But freaking Kevin. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not the worst issue. This is probably the densest issue of this book, though, where it's got two equal plot lines plus the uh, Hugo Strange stuff. <laughs> it's neither of them are that compelling, even from a writing perspective. I don't think either of them are great. This is probably the weakest Fear State tie-in. Even just on the levels of what it's actually doing as a Fear State tie-in, I think it's the weakest. I think it's the most skippable because, like when we read Batman, if you weren't reading Nightwing, you'd be like, "Where, where does this all come from?" It felt weird, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you never felt you were missing anything. Missing, you know, because this this has Harley and Ivy and Gardner and all that stuff is leading into what we did in, in Batman. I didn't feel missing at all in that book. So I think it's easily the most skippable of State tie-ins and probably should skip because it's not very good. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's still ugly. And Rosmo's art is still ugly. I hate it. It needs uh, the sticky bandits to go along with Kevin. Yeah. Are you sure it doesn't need the wet bandits? Sticky bandits, wet bandits. They're, they're all equally double entendre-esque. Nah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's our thing. <laughs> you know, it's never occurred to me that one of them sounds like yeah. the male version, one yeah. sounds like the female version. The sticky yeah. bandit and the wet bandit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just got that. <laughs> hey, you're going to watch the new Home Alone? For the lols, probably, but I'm not expecting okay. good things. Yeah, I'm not either. We're, we're waiting. Is, is anyone expecting good things? I, I, you know, I was expecting good things with the Mighty Ducks, and it ended up surprising. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I thought it would be fine. I didn't expect it to be as good as it ended up being. Um, uh, did Connor rate? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a four out of ten. Oh, there you go. Oh boy. Well, that'll take us out of the part of the show. We pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash more, favorite cover, favorite uh, art, and top five books. Uh, so, uh, panel slash moment, Matt. What you got? Do, do we have any? Um, Surprises that I'm going to pick the Ivy page from, from <laughs> Secret Origins. It's it is a thing of beauty. Like it's, you know, so that, that that's mine. Fair enough, Connor. Uh, I'm going to go from Supergirl. It's uh, it's when Ruth holds up the sword to Supergirl and is like, no, no, no. You, you know, I'm sorry, but you're not going down there. Okay, that's good. Uh, I, I'm going to be a little generic here and just go with the 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 bat signal and Batman. Uh, with Babs yeah. looking up at it. Like, obviously there's a lot of looking up at a Bat-Signal panel in many a Batman comic, but mm-hmm. when you can nail it when it's got an impact because it's, like, an important moment where it turns on. Like, I always remember, uh, uh, it was, like, the, the Zero issue, I think, for one of the Bat books in New 52, where it was the first time the signal ever turned on, and it was all, like, all the Robins and stuff seeing it for the first time at whatever age they were. And I remember that feeling like a good moment. So I, I just, yeah, that, that was the Zero issue. Yeah. I think it was of Batman. Yeah. Uh, so that's my moment. Uh, favorite cover of the week. I'll jump in here. Uh, honestly, it's probably the regular cover for Nice House in the Lake. It's just a really great horror, creepy image. Uh, I will give a shout out though to Refrigerator Full of Heads for having a nice stylized horror cover as well. Uh, for superhero stuff, probably the Nightwing fairy that's got all the Batgirls with Nightwing on it. Yeah, um, that is pretty nice. I like that one. But uh, Nice House in the Lake, the main cover for that's my pick. Uh, Connor. Yeah, I really like that Nightwing variant. But um, I'm actually going to go with the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow variant, the Amy Reader one. I and I, I know 
Peel hair is absolutely not his type of It's but, very uh, cartoony. It is. It is. But I really like it. Okay. Matt? Uh, I th- I'm going to go with refrigerator full of heads for the reasons Pete said. It's this very pulpy horror. And also, I didn't get to look at the other Secret Origins one, and there's not enough ivy on it. So, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, Green Lantern. Shout out to Green Lantern since I'm the only one that read it. That cover's kind of cool with the screaming John. Uh, and it's all split up. Asking who's John Stewart. I'll be honest, so. I forgot anyone read that, so I forgot it was eligible. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. Um, that'll take us best start then. Connor, you can start us off. It's it's between it's between Supergirl and Nice House for sure. Those are the two standouts by mm-hmm. a pretty healthy margin. Although you know, him and those in Batman does a good job. I think I'm going to give it to I'm going to give it to Supergirl. Just about. I think he really does just about, but it's close. Sure. Matt? Uh, yeah, Supergirl, Horns, Martha, Evely. Uh, but Jimenez um, for, for Batman. A lot of shots for that one. Yeah, I think it's the same sort of three that I'm, I'd consider as well. Although I think I'm going to give it to Martinez for Nice House in the Lake uh, in the end. But uh, yeah, Jimenez for Batman and Evely for Supergirl are both worth mentioning. Uh, so cool. Uh, all right, top five books then, Matt. Go. All right, so so one is, if I can remember my ratings, one is Supergirl, one of Tomorrow, two is Nice House on the Lake, three is uh, Batman, four is the Secret Origins Gardener, and five is Superman, Son of Kal-El. Connor? Uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow at one, Batman at two, Nice House on the Lake, three, Superman, Son of Kal-El, four, and... Nightwing at five. Okay, my number one. That's okay. I have like three books that are kind of the same rating. Like I don't have an obvious mm-hmm. one for the numbers, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll, I'll, I think I'll say I'll go with Batman at number one, and I'll say Nice House at number two, Supergirl at number three, and then Superman Son of Kal El number four, and then number five Nightwing. There you go. Uh, which will take me on to telling you what's coming next week from Detective Comics Comics. Not District of Columbia Comics, just <laughs> to get rid of that controversy from earlier. Uh, so, coming next week, we have Detective Comics. <laughs> which is also a Fair State tie-in. Of course, that's the first was... one I have to mention. Yeah, but at least that one's like this separate... Because it, 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 Nicano's it, in it, so it feels kind of yeah. related. But it's, it, it's, that's it, true, yeah. It's separate enough that I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, but yeah, so we got Detective Comics 1045, we have The Flash 776, we have Robin issue 8, Catwoman 37, we have Harley Quinn issue 9, Batman Reptilian issue 6, DC vs. Vampires issue 2, Task Force Z issue 2, Destro Kink issue 3, Checkmate issue 6, which Matt may force himself to read again, uh, Superman 78 issue 4, Wonder Woman Black and Gold issue 6, and Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target issue 2. So a healthy enough week. Uh, uh, I think Checkmate 6 is the last one too so yes, yes that, that sounds is. right yeah. so I have to at this point sure uh, yeah, you may as well finish it you've read 5 you yep. yeah. so yeah uh, interesting enough week next week I am very excited for DC versus Vampires again and uh, mm-hmm. obviously Detective's always been good so uh, fun stuff and Robin That's and Robin a, and Robin yeah, I have my favorite DC book right now uh, it's only uh, most excited to read every Catwoman, every time it's released yeah. Is that the yeah. final Randy issue? Or is there one more after that? Uh, I don't remember. 
Why didn't you ask him? He's your best friend. He recognized you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just tweet him. You're right. Yeah. And again, Catwoman's a Fear State's tie-in still. So yeah, there's a few of these still hitting after it's kind of wrapped up. <laughs> Feels like a weird yeah. editorial oversight, to me at least, in the scheduling. I mean, I get... we'll, we'll see how uh, Selena deals with the, the... Even if the... Um, what was it called? The Help me out here. What's the organization that's the, magistrate? The things. Yeah, thank you. The magistrate. Even if they're shutting down, <laughs> I can see Selena going through and busting some heads. If I was to guess, I would say that Ivy, like, fixing the city is going to happen mm-hmm. during the Catwoman book, like, away from yeah. her, and she'll see it happening from a distance or something. Like, yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll sort of, like, it'll, co- it'll be the same timeline as the final Batman issue, I imagine. Uh, rather than set after. But we'll see. Uh, so, no, interesting list of books for next week. Uh, so, let us know what you thought of this week's books. I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. Where's my post-it note? Here it is. Uh, so, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Board Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Uh, you can support us, of course, on patreon.com slash TV for as little as a dollar per month and help keep all the content coming. You can get early access to the show by a day. You'll get it whenever it's ready, sometime on a Saturday. Uh, late. I mean, if you're in the UK, it's very late. But um, whenever it's out of the oven, you'll get it right away on Patreon. Um, so if you're interested, go and have a look and help support the show. Uh, but you can also support us for free. Like you know, the like button, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications on YouTube, give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts from. All of that does help out. So please consider doing so. Uh, but otherwise, that's pretty much us. Uh, oh, Twitter, I guess DC Comics Podcast. You know, simple, easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check us out on Twitter too. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. And keep your opinions in your stupid pocket. <laughs>